Live from Sacramento. Live from Sacramento. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. We are live. Happy Tuesday. Had a little brief all-star break for Deuce and Mo, but we are back and ready to go. 11A to 2 p.m. Pacific time. Hey, I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. Chris Verlot also here. How you doing, Mo? Oh, I am just the best I could ever be. Really? I don't know. Am I? I, I Who knows anymore? I was just asking you. And you no. Just, oh, I, buzz. You know what's funny? I just had so many epiphanies over the weekend and just like... How, um, do, you, how do you spell epiphany? Ooh. Don't know. E. <laughs> Can you just try? Just try for is it E? Oh, God. Epiphany. Try. No. I'm not. <laughs> I know it's probably like E-P. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, I. Yes. Um, I, there's Wait. E-P-I? Yeah. Epiphany. Okay. And then is it <laughs> P-H? I wish we had the spelling. Uh, wait. Epiphany. Epiphany. Keep going. I don't even know how to spell it to find it. Oh, E-P-I-P-H-A-N-Y. Darn, I was on the right track. Yeah, not bad. Not well, it just, bad, it, not yeah. Bad. You use it in a sentence. Um, I had yes. an epiphany. This weekend, I had an epiphany that I can't do it all. Yes. You like but that? We're going to do it all today. Yeah, we are. Own it, honey. Mm-hmm. We will own it. You know, over the weekend, went to Ostrich Land. Dude, can yes. I just say I, I I don't know the appeal of ostriches besides just looking at them. Like oh. I mean, they're cool to look at, but like you go to this place and it's like, all right, to feed them, here you want to feed them, you pay money, yeah. they give you this like bird dust, feed, bird feed on a dustpan with like like a pipe on it, and they're like, hey, when you go feed these things, hold on with both hands. Yeah, it's a, it's an animal. See, not all animals are like that. Do you I have need a dog. to hold on to both things for you to give your dog a treat? No, exactly. Well, some, some we people. Need, if you have a newfie, I need truly domesticated ostriches. I don't what? need these wild things. I'm going up there. I was. What do you think? What do you think? Of, like, and, and they're mean. The person that's we were not with. True. Oh, they're not. They're not, not aggressive. True. They're not aggressive because the person we were with. This is not true. Bit them. You are like, <laughs> this is exactly what Jaws did to sharks. And it created this narrative that sharks are bad and they're evil and they're out to eat humans. And that's not true. Ostriches, stop creating this narrative. What? They did nothing to you. Did they bite you? No, they did not. But they bit my friend. And and by the way, yeah, I I'm hate glad. ostriches. I don't oh, stop. Let's also acknowledge this. You don't have to. You don't have to worry about ostriches when you go out in the wild. So I'm not concerned. They're not like sharks, Morgan. Dude. They're not like sharks. I'm not going to go, hey, I'm, I'm going to hike in Auburn. Oh. Okay. There's four ostriches. Get the hell out. What and if they got one. out? What if they got out and no one could find them? Well, I'm not going to be in that situation. What, what are you doing here? You could be. Anyway, Either way. Ostrich land. Great stuff. Ostrich almost killed Johnny Cash. Is that true? True. How? It like it used its claws, or, yeah. <laughs> like its foot, and like slashed them. Across the stomach. I mean, you guys, all wild animals, sharks, ostriches, alligators, any of these things, you j- bears, you should just understand, like, you are on their land, just, you are in their space. They were his ostriches. Yeah, and, and just to be clear, just their to be land. clear, I don't know how many people yeah. in this world put ostriches in the categories of animals you just mentioned. Bears, That's my point. ostriches, alligators, <laughs> sharks. No one now, thinks if, about that. If we're talking about be. emus, great bird. Emu's a great bird. Now, why? That's the same. It's literally almost the same thing. It's not as bad as an ostrich. But they're they're 
both on the two legs and they sit up tall and have long necks. I think emus are like fluffier. Yeah, the fluffiness makes them feel a little more innocent. Like they're not going to do anything. But that's what makes them dangerous because they can really suck you in. So did the ostriches, though, give you just like some good chill time to be away from sports and to feed some ostriches? Beautiful from far away. Yeah. The hills in the background. Great. Yeah. As far as the animal? If if the animal doesn't like me, I don't like the animal. I was reaching in there and touching its neck. I was like, they're oh. dinosaurs. Yep, yes, they are. They 100% are. Like their feet alone, that almost killed Johnny Cash. Yep, dinosaur feet. I'm out on them. Okay. I'm on. It's just, it's crazy. Well, I it's enjoyed a the weird ostriches. animal. And the way they move their necks, it's just like, I mean, it's so fast. I'm so sorry. Do we need to take you to a zoo? Like, have you not experienced other animals? You're very, you're very, you're acting like an ostrich is the most unique thing you've ever seen. So now it's just this dumb, boring okay. animal. Yeah, That's why I, I hate I, it. I'm just so confused by, like, you're being serious right now. An ostrich is not unique. It's very unique, but like it's a giraffe. A bird. That's but huge. a giraffe is unique. Okay, I'm not saying a giraffe's not unique. Where are you going with this? My my point is the way that you're sounding <laughs> like with the ostrich, you sound so terrified. Like, look at its neck, how it moves, and I'm like, there's lots of animals that move like that. Yeah, yeah, there a ton, a ton that have long necks that can move really fast down, that have these huge talons as feet. Oh yeah, they, you can find them everywhere. More you walk out of Sacramento, you see them everywhere. You go on hikes, you see them everywhere. I don't know where you're going with this, but no, ostriches are not everywhere. Not everything's an ostrich. There we go. God. You heard it here first, people. Not everything's an ostrich. And I'll say this though. Yes. That experience was better than All Star Weekend, and I feel oh. like can we just note this too when we start talking oh. about the NBA All Star Weekend? You, you realize you can go back to a show from last year. You can go back to a show from the year before. Everyone's complaining about NBA All-Star Weekend. It happens every year. But for some reason, this year does stand out more. Because it was even more pathetic than it has ever been. Ouch. No, that All-Star Game Sunday pathetic. was disrespectful to the game. Wow. Yeah, and, for real. And also, I am not one of those people that I'm like, hey... I want them to compete like it's game seven of the NBA finals. No, no, no. I'm I'm more than willing to be like, hey, go 70, 75% out there. Hey, nobody get hurt. It's just a fun game. It's an exhibition. I get all that. But what you saw on Sunday was literally just guys like walking on offense, Correct. walking up, launching half court shots. It's kind of like when you play NBA 2K and you don't care. You're just like, I'm not playing the game. I'm just going to launch. You're not doing anything but just launching stupid shots against it's, your friend. That's what that game was. Like, damn. There's literally no defense. The only time there was defense is when LeBron, for some reason out of nowhere, tries to block Shade Gilgis Alexander. <laughs> SGA after is like, dude, we weren't playing any defense at all. And all of a sudden, I'm going up for a dunk, and he goes and tries to block my stuff. That was weird. But it was... Luca looked like he's playing his defense, like normal defense, which is cool to see. Hey. Like Luca was playing it's his defense. Good to see defense. that he stepped up. Yeah, yeah. You kind of saw all that same intensity from him. So that was, oh, John Morant, super locked in regular season defense from him. But I just, Damn. it's got, no, in all honesty, it has to be better. We can't have a game like we did. Isn't the All-Star game about celebrating the game? Yes. And that is not the game. That's not the game And at you all. are disrespecting yeah. the game. And there is a way to find 
the balance, right? I mean, you have one guy set the tone. People can meet that tone, right? The tone was set with everyone just not playing. And it felt like maybe they talked about this beforehand because that's the way it felt all the way through. I feel like we just had a fun all-star game was it last year with the was that the first year with the Elam ending? No, it was a couple of years ago. Okay, now. so wow, don't even know what year that was. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay. So I remember that being fun and being like, okay, this is the start to something new. Why did they go back to just not giving a damn? Put it this way, after the game, Michael Malone, who was coaching yeah. this game, said this was one of the worst games he's ever been a part of. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to be a part of a, a great weekend, great players, but that is the worst basketball game ever played. I don't know if you can fix it. I mean, I give Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, those guys were like competing. Joel was imploring some of the guys to play harder, to try to get some defense in, but no one got hurt. They put on a show for the fans, but that that is a tough game to sit through. I'm not going to lie. Did they put on a show for the fans? No, they didn't. That's a that's a problem. And I I mean I think the league has to take a look at this long term. Again, I'm not trying to make so much out of it because so many people are like, oh, you got to change everything with the All Star game. No, I mean it's still what it is, right? Yeah. It's not going to be the same. It's supposed to be a fun time. It's supposed to be a break in the season. But we're also coming together because I want to see a game where Jason Tatum matches up with this guy and all this talent on the floor at the same time. And what we saw that Sunday was just, it was terrible for the game. I mean, I I don't think the TV networks were happy about it. I don't think league partners were happy about it. Coaches weren't. Even Jalen Brown was like, that was not basketball what we witnessed. Michael Malone saying it, the fans say it. But for whatever reason, the players just kind of went through the motions. And I don't know how you change it because you're right. Just a couple of years ago, late in the game when it was close, these guys were getting after it. Mm -hmm. Kyle Lowry's drawing charges late in the game. But this one was, they were walking around. It was there was no basketball being played and boring. I, I the best point I, I've heard made by many people is like, look, some of these guys play in the Drew League in the offseason. They play in these random ass leagues in a high school gym. And they balling. And they play with more intensity yep. there than they do in an all-star game. So how do you how do you fix it? How do you get it? How do you make the all-star game better? What's your ideal all-star game look like? <sighs> That's it's tough because from the outside, again, going into this, you guys, this all-star break, I remember having Frankie and Chris on, and Chris and I were on the side of, would you rather be a multi-all-star, or wait, am I saying that right? Uh, would you rather be an all-star multiple times, yeah. or be an all-star once and then get that break? Chris Watkins and I were on the side of get that break because we felt it and we're not even players, right? We feel how important this break is in the NBA season. So if these players are all on that same level of, Oh, I kind of need this break. They got to figure out maybe something else with the amount of time afterward before they start playing the game, extend it into the summer a little bit more. Or like, let's not make these players go have events all day, every day. You want them to take this game serious and have fun. You know, you want to have like, have fun, but take the game serious. 
well, they've got this media appearance. They have to do this for a sponsor. They have to do this meeting. They have to go to this uh, community event. They yeah. have to go to a practice that's open to the public. They have to do media after. All of a sudden, you're, you're exhausted by Sunday night. And, oh, by the way, you have to go through a 35-minute draft where LeBron and Giannis are awkwardly talking. Like, then you have to watch Post Malone. Post, yeah. What's wrong with Post Malone? No, but then no, you just have like to you watch have the it. You're right. He should have <laughs> been at like, halftime. Yeah, like why are we why are we extending this yeah, all, you it guys? Was, the draft was so long, and then I had LeBron making the PG-13 joke. It's a family program, so I'm going to take PG-13. What? He's a dad of three. He's getting older. All right, we'll talk more about that. If you guys have thoughts on how do you make the All-Star game better, what do you do to motivate players in mm. the league to get this to be more competitive – you can hit us up 339-1140-1800-920-1140. Also, we're always live on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Appreciate everyone in the chat right now. If you're driving around... Yeah, you can watch the show live Monday through Friday and also on demand. The best part about being live, though, is you can be in the chat with all the other fans chatting away, throwing random questions at us or comments. Uh, You can also hit the thumbs up because all that does is help our channel grow. Hit that thumbs up button so we get more and more content, more and more people see the content we're doing at Sacktown Sports 1140. Uh, Morgan, we're talking about the All-Star Game incentive. I uh, That is one word I can't stand when it comes to like. Hey, maybe the league should do more to have the players want to play harder. Maybe a a bonus. Maybe home court advantage in the NBA Finals. What are we talking about here, Morgan? You get bonused in your contract when you make the All-Star game. You get bonus. You get exposure. You know why you do it? Why? Because you care about the league. Because you care about the game. You want to promote the game. And you do it for kids watching at home. You know when I was a kid watching the Western Conference take on the Eastern Conference? Something I think they should just go back to. This whole, like, Team Giannis versus Team LeBron thing. Let's cut the crap. Yeah, like... Stop trying to be cute. I, I... I'm not even acting as if like they played it like it was a playoff game. They didn't, okay? It was still a lot of ugliness. It's been ugly for years. This was just the worst it's ever been. I just wanted to see some level of competitiveness. At least like, hey, if you want to mess around the first half, go ahead. But you know what? Let's take it a little more serious in the second half. Let's make it a game. Let's put on a show. There's a reason why a couple of years ago we were all engaged with it. Like, elementing, this is awesome. The players were into it. And for whatever reason, this year, the players were like, yeah, we're not into this at all. And I don't know the reason. So well, the incentive is go have pride. Sure. I mean, you you can say that, but that's what – I mean, isn't that what you want for so many things in life? You know, you just tell people like, hey, just care about each other. And, <laughs> and there's like laws and bills that just show, don't, right? Like there's just things that don't care about one another. And so you want that to happen, but that's not how the world works. And when it comes to this crap – it's like these guys, they make so much money, so yeah. much money. And then they have so many more bonuses, let's say, put into their contracts that if they get hurt or if they can't, um, they can't 
you know, achieve one of those bonuses because they got hurt in a silly all-star game, then that screws with their money. And my point to that, though, is even if it doesn't screw with their money, it screws with their team. It screws with them getting wins. It screws with them getting in the playoffs. Sure, that, and, but let's go over all the time that's there my been point. a serious injury that's in the all-star That's my point. Game. And that's my point. And you look at LeBron hitting the rim on his hand, finger, whatever. He got taken out. Okay, he's not going to be out six to eight weeks. And if he is, then his bones are just getting old. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the reality is you just can't see jogging, walking up. No, fa- what? When is basketball its best? When right. it's fast paced and balls move. One of the best moments of this game, yeah, for people was when Jalen Brown Tatum went one on one. And you're like, oh, and, and you know what's sad is that you made that noise because oh, that was awesome. It was. They were going at like 45. Oh yeah, definitely. Right, like there was no loved every second. Like, I won't let you contest, drive past me, but go ahead and shoot it. Yeah, the contest was like, oh, let me like close out on your chest. Like, cool. Like, just give me some more defense. You know, just give me a little run of play. We were just talking about with Kyle Draper and Jay just a little bit ago about man, Sabonis isn't made for the game. Jokic isn't really made for the All Star game. Imagine if, like... The ball was moving. Yeah, imagine if it was. That'd be like, sexy as hell. Sabonis just running some yes. stuff, right? Dribble handoffs, getting some things going offensively. He could have some highlights. Like, you just go out there and play the game you normally play, which is basketball. That, what we saw on Sunday night, was a basketball. And it was just... It's unfortunate for so many reasons. And the league has to find a way to clean it up. And I don't know I don't know what the answer is. Like, what do you do? I... I yeah, because how many times have we talked about this where we're like, at a four-point line, does that does, yeah. does that fix all the problems or something? No, it does not fix the problems. But then, Deuce, you talk about that moment that LeBron James tried blocking SGA going up for a dunk. You would hope that that tone was set at the beginning of the game, so then guys are like, ooh, okay, we're playing for real. Like... You want to try and block my shot? I want to try and block your shot. We want to see a little bit more of that. I think too many people are worried about the injuries, someone rolling an ankle, someone hitting their finger on a rim, whatever. But at the same time, I mean, then then don't have the All-Star game right, in the middle right. of the season. So when is the time? Right. After the season when people don't care? You know, like right. that's the thing. Like you just have to care. You have to care. There are guys that played in previous games who cared, yeah. who played the right way and at least made it somewhat competitive. Last game wasn't. Even like the finals MVP, or I'm sorry, the all-star game MVP. I feel like that used to have some meaning. Yeah. I Last game, I was like, this is just ridiculous. Like the way like Tatum is just coming. It was cool. There were some stretches of the game where like, oh, that's some crazy three-point shooting. Dame's pulling up from mid-court. Sure. That was like probably the best part of it. Yeah, but then, it, got, then it, it just kept going. You're like, okay. And Tatum was clearly hunting, and he, he put up an all-star game record 55 points. But I don't think anyone's going to go back and look and go, yeah, man. That 55 points, one of the best all-star moments in history. It's like, no, you just... It's kind of like when in the Drew League, when you see a guy drop 75 points, an NBA guy, and you're like, yeah, I mean, they're not really playing. Yeah. Where in the past, like an all-star game, MVP used to have a little more meaning. That, that meant nothing. It was... As a hardcore NBA fan, it was just so... Dis- it was a waste of my time. It was... It was like a long. It was like a long AEW pay per view that went like six hours. You're like, I don't. Oh, now you're I just talking like dumb. No, it was that bad, dude. That's how I was just so disappointed. When with it, it feels like a waste of time, and that like me as a basketball fan, 
um, I go, oh, I, I want to watch this because I want to enjoy. I want to be entertained. And then I'm bored. Yeah. And I... I don't have much time to waste right now. And so when a moment is wasted, it really grinds my gear, Chris. <laughs> uh, in the YouTube chat, uh, Tall Chinese Guy says, th- you have 32 players. You have eight four-man teams, three versus three all-star tournament snake draft, top 32 players regardless conference, cash prize to the winners. Again, I, uh, people brought up the three-on-three. People have said, go one-on-one. I'm like, so they're going to try in those games? Like, what? Why would it matter if it's five versus five on five, three versus three, one yeah. on one? You either try, or you don't. Yeah. What? So okay. What would be? What? What's your answer to this um, problem? My answer to this problem. Yeah, and I know you already said play with pride, and I'm like, yo, that's great and everything. <laughs> you can't can't force someone to play with pride. Can't force them. Oh, he's standing up. God, this is, these are the days I wish David Stern was alive, man. Oh, oh. no, 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 because David Stern, he had a hmm. lot of bad things about him, too. Yes, he did. But, like but the dress code, the, the dress code, that was oh, bad, yeah. yep, very bad. Um, But Ugh. you know what? David Stern would be ripping the players today. You think? Oh, he'd be so disappointed with what he saw. It was so bad, Morgan. I don't know. So the answer is... Do you uh, want to see Adam Silver you, you come out? You know what out? D- David Stern would do? What would he do? Fine him. <laughs> just just go extreme. You know what we're doing? Because you didn't play defense at all? We're fining all you guys a million dollars, and then we're donating it. I like this. It's yeah. like a little dictatorship. Oh, though. I'm coming down hard. <laughs> I'm coming down hard. I don't know what you do. I just want to go. This is like the, the guys I'm thinking about. I, I hate this because I'm like, man, if you had David Stern, if you had Kobe... You, these guys that would just go in there and, I, and I'm I'm trying to be careful. I don't want to be the old man. Like yeah. Going, hey, back in my day, they would. Especially, dude. yeah, empower David Stern, who kind of sucks. But yeah, no, it's 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 true, Deuce. I, I but that is that is the ultimate answer. Then it's and it's again, it's why, which I'm sure we'll talk about coming up. It's why the dunk contest doesn't even have stars in the dunk contest because you want to shove people in there that actually want to dunk the ball and entertain people. They don't want to play in the game. Mm -hmm. They don't want to participate on the dunk contest. But they get Vin Diesel and Ben Affleck. Yeah, I put Vin Diesel first. I'm very upset with that because I was promised that Vin Diesel was going to be announcing the players. And he didn't. He didn't. He just said like, hey, I'm here. We got to (laughs) figure this out. Yeah. Uh, we have much more to get to. Uh, we got to talk about Kevin, Kevin Herter's performance. We can have more ideas on how to fix it. Coming up at noon, by the way, I'm really excited about this. Uh-huh. We have Perneal coming in. Oh, Pre- my God. For those who don't know Perneal, he is 16 years old. He is such an awesome basketball fan. This guy wants to – he's going to be a GM if he wants 100%. to. 100%. Uh, we're like, you know what? He's out of school this week. <laughs> He's going to join us live in studio. His dad's going to be here, too, because I, I, I'm sure his, he probably went, hey, some old guy that does a show is asking for you to come to a radio station that has all these unhoused people in their motorhomes oh, out. Fires are going on Yeah, outside. I'm like, yes, please bring your dad. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> He's going to come in at noon. We're going to talk some hoops with him. Don't go anywhere. It's Deuce Mo on Sacktown Sports. And Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports.
intense about the All-Star game. Yeah. I just, you know what it is? Because well, uh, I love the NBA. Yeah? And they've got a bad All-Star game. They're honoring Carl Malone. Carl oh, Malone? my God. What are we doing? Everyone everyone on the planet, except I guess the NBA, and they must be in their own bubble where they're like, you know, it's cool. We're in Utah. We can do it. I'm like, oh, these stories. Like, they're, they're, they're real. <laughs> they're real. What? The, the last people I'm honoring at All-Star Weekend, Stockton and Malone. Thank you. Thank you, weirdo. I'm honoring Greg Ostertag instead. Greg Ostertag. And I hated Greg Ostertag. I used to call him Oster Suck when he was playing. <laughs> not very clever. Yeah, yeah I know. That, that was kind of lame. <laughs> but I was young. I was young. What do um, you expect? Not. I'd honor Howard Isley, maybe. Maybe. Uh, name some other random. I know. I'm thinking. Um, Andre Kirilenko. Wow, you're going really random. Um, but see, the Malone stuff is pretty bad. Jeff Horn is suck. Yeah. I just, <laughs> you know, I, I guess the, the one of the better things about this weekend, especially with Carl Malone, the Carl Malone stuff, is that there are a lot of people who weren't totally aware of it. And I got to be honest, I remember hearing the rumors like, oh, yeah, like he got a, a, a woman pregnant pretty early. I didn't realize like all the details. I've read it this week. I'm like, oh, my God, he was 20. She was 13. The parents didn't press charges because they were worried about his NBA future. Then he denied it happening for years to have a relationship with the kid. I'm like, this guy's a scumbag. Scumbag. And now, like, the story is completely out, and it's just like, Carl Malone, the third leading scorer in NBA history. I'm sure NBA's like, can we, can someone else, like, get his spot? Can someone else just push him out of the top You could have just had Kareem there. You could have just had Kareem. You could have just had Kareem there. That's it. You could have just had Kareem. That's it. I don't understand. Like, no one would have been like, oh, hey, where's Carl Malone? Where's the kid toucher, huh? (laughs) Hey. Omaha. Yeah. So that's why, you know, you, you sum up All-Star Week, and it was just a little disappointing it with that was. stuff. We'll try to talk about some of the good. I'll sit here. Here's a positive about All-Star what? Weekend. I did get really happy when I saw De'Aaron Fox get announced, like when they brought the All-Star yes. uh, team, and you're like, damn, man. Felt some pride. Yeah, I, I really, like Sabonis, I felt pride, but I'm also like, Sabonis has been there. Like, yeah. Like, I, it's my third time. For Fox, his first time. And, you know, he he started his career here. Yeah. You know, there's like that deeper connection where, man, we've seen him as a 19-year-old, right? We've seen the ups and downs. In fact, mm-hmm. last year at this time, it wasn't great, right? And now you're seeing him probably the most comfortable he's ever been as a player, having the best year he's really ever had, and his team's winning. And on a national stage, you see him get uh, announced. That's cool. It, no, I'll, I'll give you that. I... I think I said that to you, too. I think I was like, yeah, I feel some sort of sense of, like, Sacramento pride. Yeah. You know, just seeing your guys. Sacramento proud? Sacramento pride. I'm going to go with this time, okay? Um, And it was, uh, it's cool because they deserved it. But at the same time, too, like, even when they were, like, De'Aaron and Sabonis. And obviously, Sabonis have been there. This is his third time. But mostly for, like, De'Aaron or some of the first-timers, you feel like they're the freshmen. You feel the the rawness of them kind of feeling uncomfortable and being like, these are big NBA players that do this in their cities that they play in. Yeah. But then when they're here with the other big players, um, 
they sink a little bit. So it was fun to see everyone just kind of come back down to earth, try and just follow the lead of what the vets were doing. And the vets weren't setting the good example. So I'll say as happy as I was here, like deer and fox, like, yeah, that's our guy. And then it totally went away. As soon as he kept going lower and lower on the pick, it's just, are, are you seriously going to do this? Oh, I got so irritated. Are they going to be the last I two? Was, I was so done with Giannis and LeBron because I'm like, you know, like, why are the Kings getting picked near the at the end of this Yeah, draft? yeah. Like, Cause you, I, I felt disrespected in that moment. I know you yes. did. <laughs> you both did? Yes. Wow. I mean, okay, here's, here's the thing with it, too. I think sometimes some of these guys, they – they go with the narrative as well. I think De'Aaron got picked for LeBron, obviously, because of Team Clutch, right? Yeah, but he even picked some guys that weren't Clutch I ahead know. of him. I was like, all right, I forgot he's Clutch. I got to get him in. I know. So that that happened. That was a little weird. And really, it's like, um, you've all played against Sabonis. Look what he was doing against every single one of your teams, right? Yeah. Like, why isn't he in there? And it's because they wanted some flashiness. They wanted some fun, which is why Giannis picked um, a starter in Ja Morant before even getting to the starters, which was hilarious. Yeah. But... Yeah, and it was all it was all kind of messy and weird though too. And you look at what happened with Jokic and everything; it was just a bizarre, bizarre moment. Uh, you can hit us up too in the chat. We appreciate you guys. If you're in the live chat, get to a hundred thumbs up. Hitting the thumbs up just helps uh, this channel grow. YouTube.com/slash/SacktownSports1140. You can also hit us up one eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty on the phones. Like Sam. Hi, Sam. Hey, Deuce. How you doing? Oh, I've never been better. That a boy. You know who I am. Of so, course, Sam. And anyway, hey, here's my two ideas. What I think could help the All Star Game, which you're right, was the worst I've ever seen. In fact, I just turned it off after a couple minutes. But I would uh, put the defense in some sort of a two-one-two zone, hmm. so you'd have guards on guards and a center on a center, and then forwards might be on forwards. But the other thing I would do is not allow. Uh, the ball to cross midcourt until all five defensive players were back down the court. <laughs> Can you imagine? And they enforce it. They blow the whistle. Sorry, well, I'm going to stop this. <laughs> you do you want you want to you want to have a game where nobody watches it, or right. you want to have a hey, game where somebody watches it? I'm sure. open to your idea, Sam. I, I appreciate will it. never. I will never watch another All Star game the way they put it on. See? Ooh. I am done, and I've been. As Deuce knows, I've been a King season ticket holder since 1985, and I've probably been to more games than you you folks put together. Wow. Yeah. Sam is Sam you. has been a Kings fan for so long. He was actually at the 1951 Rochester Royals parade, I think, right? Oh, no, no. <laughs> I was I was when I was when George when George Mikan was center for the Minneapolis Lakers. Yeah. Wow. So hey, there yeah. you go. I appreciate it, Sam. Thanks All for right, ch- you guys have a great day. Right, so Bye, that, Sam. Okay. Couple, that's awesome. Couple of things. But I think that's who I believe it is. Uh, Sam would give me some random things at Kings games, like over the years. Like what? Uh, Bano Udrich signed basketball shoe. Whoa! Yeah. What else? Random Kings stuff. I, 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 so much I can't even. That is so cool. Super nice guy. But you gotta love that. I'm like saying I don't want to feel like an old man, but blah blah blah. <laughs> yes. And then I got 95 year old Sam calling him like, "Yeah, I'm with you, Dose." <laughs> now I have to re like, am I am I wrong here? Well. <laughs> No, I think I think you basketball purists have the right mindset. I think it was funny you coming into today's show with so much pent up anger, which I think is from other things as well. But my childhood, I, yeah. 
yeah. yeah. Your childhood on a Tuesday, I'm Ostriches. sure. Ostriches. Ostriches, other things in life. And then the NBA All-Star Game, just to top it off, like, bring in a crap performance. No, and I, I think you venting, like, being able to kind of talk about it with other sports fans and other, obviously, we're in an NBA city, it made you feel empowered. Like, yeah, no, this is not right, and I'm not going to watch it like this, and neither is Sam. Thank you. Now that I think about it. What? And you're talking about basketball purists. What if instead of trying to make it more the game more exciting, what if they go the other way? Make it just for the purists, and it's like original peach basket, no shot oh, clock, yeah, yeah. no key. The cage around. I want. They used to call them cagers. Yeah. I. What if the, you got the players now? To no play dribbling. That game? Had to make five passes before taking a shot. Yes. God, basketball mm. sucked so bad back then. What? There's go, no shot clock. Go on YouTube and just like. Dun, 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 it wasn't. Dun, dun, it wasn't great, dun, dun, dun. but the fundamentals. Oh, get out. The fundamental. Go look at the fundamental jump shots back then. They were awful. Okay. So, we're talking about like 19, like so early yes, 50s, the game, Morgan. The game, yes, was not, was definitely not as entertaining or fun. But the fundamentals that it's brought throughout the years to create that type, that style of basketball, that's my favorite style. About Fast-paced uh, fundamental basketball is my favorite style. Yeah. Rory in the chest says dunks should be illegal. That's why, yeah, just stop. No dunks, no nothing. <laughs> no no three-point line. Oh, man. I, I don't remember when we break anymore. I think we have to break now. Is this when we have to break? Okay, we'll do that right now. But we're always live on the YouTube page, even during breaks. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's Deuce and Mo. And local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. The Kings are obviously well represented at All-Star Weekend, which is cool to see. Unfortunately, it wasn't all good for the Sacramento Kings. Kevin Hurt was in the three-point contest. Yeah. They've been kind of in the shooting funk while he put up one of the worst <sighs> shooting performances in three-point contest history. But it wasn't the worst. <sighs> oh, so let's give it up to him. Yeah, wasn't the worst. The worst was by the so-called goats. Everybody loves this guy. Who? Michael Jordan. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, that guy. Uh, Kevin Herter was eight for 40 uh, <laughs> in the three-point contest. Hmm. The other ones that fall, well, Rodmanovich, Vladimir Rodmanovich was six of 30, which ah, is the same. Loser. And then Michael Jordan was five of 30 from three in 1990. The one... And shout out to Michael Jordan for like being a guy who like participated in the dunk contest, who did yeah. the point contest, played in the game, but kind of wild. I felt so bad for Kevin Herter. I mean, I one, know. you go after Julius Randle, who got put in the three-point contest last like, minute, last second, and he was not very good. And you follow that, and you're like, okay, man, what's well, going through? And you're, think about that. Everyone's watching you. It's a contest, and you're just clank, 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 clank. Yeah, no, that sucks. It can't feel good. One, but two. Deuce, you and I kept talking about it the week of the All-Star break and three-point contest and going, hey, this could be a, a good moment for Kevin Herter to really gain his confidence. And um, I think it had to have done the complete opposite. Yeah. <laughs> would you have faked an injury? If you're doing oh, oh, I would have limped off, limped off or grabbed my wrist for sure. But then everyone would freak out. No, no, I'd be like, it's okay, it's okay. Sore wrist. Thumbs up. 
Oh, thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, oh, shoulder? Elbow. Oh, elbow. Elbow! We got an elbow injury. I hit it, I hit it on the stand. No, that's what you do. You fake like a... You like accidentally awkwardly hit the the rack. And go, yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but then you'd be go you'd go down as the first person in NBA history to get hurt during a three point contest. Could you imagine? What's worse, finishing with eight or being the first person that gets hurt? First person that gets hurt. Because yeah. then those numbers, it's like, oh no, he didn't really do that bad. He obviously hit his elbow or his wrist on the ball rack, which obviously forced him to perform just like that. Well, let's hear uh, some of it from the other night when Kevin Herter was in the three-point contest. And the other thing, which is down, he's shooting in the month of February, only 28% from three. So he's in a uh, bit of a slump right way now. To bring out, way to bring out numbers to support your argument, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> you just destroyed it. <laughs> he, he carried it over, that's for sure. <laughs> Jesus. It, they weren't done, Morgan. Draymond, oh. Reggie. Kevin Herter. Herter, you got to come back next year and do better, man. That's, he won't that, be invited back next year. <laughs> That's deadly. Well, and, and I know he had not been shooting well from three sure. lately. He was still headed into the All-Star weekend, a career high from three-point land. Yeah. So, so it's not like he's been terrible this year. It just he was He just couldn't make a thing. But he has... I, I think they're like we've seen the flashes as of late where we're like, okay, maybe he's getting things going again. And then you see, okay, not too many threes this game, just more in the mid range game. Whatever. Like if you're winning, that's okay. Um, but it is pretty wild to see him have the start of the season he had and then to be right here at the All Star break. Not only at the All Star break, before the All Star break, and then at the All-Star break, what is he going to be like after? Here's my tweaks with All-Star Weekend. What's, oh, Deuce's more tweaks. With the three-point contest. Oh, you yeah. know, I wanted, like, deeper threes. Uh-huh. You know what? Oh. What? You do not shoot with racks at any point. There, no one shoots with racks. What player gets comfortable shooting with racks? We get rid of the racks. And? Uh, how, how do you want it? It's kind of like when, at the Home Run Derby, I where like you it. have, like, um, you have, they're like, your dad have someone pass you it. pitch. Yep. Pitch it to you. Yeah. You know, he'd have Sabonis' dribble handoffs and then do it that way. Or whatever you like. You I like pass, it. Have someone pass. Why are we doing racks? No one no one does that during the game. You don't shoot it like that in a game. You're going to get passed to you in but, your spot. I mean, but that's, it's kind of supposed to be fun, like the dunk contest. Well, I'm making it fun. Oh. making it more, more oh. realistic. Oh, God. Okay. Kevin well. Herter got screwed by the racks. He got screwed by the, you heard it here first. We want to um, abolish all the racks. Think about how Herter had to practice. With human Jay Triano and racks. Luke Locks. Human, they don't even make them. They, they you're not even. Teams don't even use them. Honestly, and we expect this guy to do it? And, and let's be real. Those racks that they're using, like, before games, they're off to the side, you know, whatever. You grab your basketball. No one uses racks. Well, I mean, there there is a basketball rack yeah, off we, to the side. There are, they just hold the basketball. Right. They're not used. Like, hey, let's In any way, them. shape, or form. So why do we do it for the contest? I honestly, I like this. I think this is the best angle when you look at the Kevin Herter three-point competition and that it wasn't his fall. Fault. It was the rack's fault, and we still don't know if today he was injured by a rack or not. It's possible. It is at this point. You. We don't... are going to start that narrative. Yes, we are starting the narrative that the racks have to go, uh-huh. and it's possible he was injured because there's no not. 
Can't really explain it. No, can't explain it. And um, screw all the guys that were on there saying that he won't be invited next year because he will be, and he's going to do much better. That's what I was going to ask you. If it was you, they're like, hey, do you want to – no? No, you're not. Sorry. It's over. You're not coming back. Keegan, you ready? Yes. You can come, Keegan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I guess if I was Kevin Herter's advocate, if oh. I was his Paul Heyman, oh, I would be making the point that – he is better than Michael Jordan at uh-huh. the three-point contest. That's, yeah, okay. MJ calls himself the GOAT. Well, my client, oh. Kevin Herter, mm-hmm. knocked down more threes than MJ in a three-point contest. Facts. Facts. And By there's the no denying it. I think that's, um, we are sounding like homers right oh, yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's okay. Um, Mac McClung. Own it, honey. Thank you. Mac McClung won the dunk contest. I know we're going to go more in the dunk contest later. Cool. It's a name. I, I The one thing I saw from some people who maybe like I felt like found out last minute that McClung was in the in the dunk contest. Why is he allowed to play? I mean, he's in two NBA games. He hasn't even played an NBA game this year. Why is he in the contest? How is he even allowed to participate? Should we just have random people off the street? Uh, honestly, at this point, if you want to have the best dunkers in the world come through, yeah. And why are you trying to take away from Mac McClung? McClung did have some advantages, I think, in this one. I thought his dunks were amazing. Sure. I, I, the whole like narrative that he saved the dunk contest. We've had other dunk contests in the last ten years. I've been all right. Yeah, I thought Aaron yeah. Gordon had a really good one. Levine, but it, that was like seven years yeah. ago. It's oh, been a minute, God. right? But brain. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think he had the surprise factor. Yeah. He also Is- had the. Uh, this short, this, this short shorter white guy can yeah. do this factor yeah. that played into it. But his dunks were awesome. And I do think he's officially an NBA player now. He's on a deal with the Sixers. Mm-hmm. But I think he belongs in the NBA. No, I'm totally with you. I I mean, we mentioned this on the morning show. It's We've called games, G League games with him playing. And it's not only like, oh, this guy can score. This guy, can, it's what he, he does a little bit of everything. Yeah. He has so much bounce that he gets up and gets rebounds, makes second chance opportunities for his squad. Like he can do a lot, even with his size. Um, you just got to put him in the right positions. All right. Coming up next, I'm really excited about this. We're going to talk some more Kings basketball all-star weekend with someone who a rising, whatever he wants to do in his life, I'm not going to keep pressuring him to be yeah. an NBA GM, yeah. but he could be if he, he wanted to. He can do to. anything he wants. He's a local kid. He's 16 years old. His name is Perneal. He joins us live in studio. Coming up next on Sacktown Sports. It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. So many ways to get the show, by the way. We're live. YouTube.com slash Jackdown Sports 1140. Trying to grow that page. So if you're there, pop in, join the chat, hang out with us. We stay alive during all the breaks. You can also download the free Sacktown Sports app or, of course, listen to the old school way, 1140 AM or 96.1-2. Uh, super excited right now, Morgan Reagan. I'm super excited right now. We had a few days off to kind of unwind. <sighs> now we're back doing a show. We start our number two with someone that we really like a lot. A lot. Someone that, uh, just a little backstory here, we've got Pranil. Pranil is a local kid who is a hardcore basketball fan. And I know what some of you may be thinking. Oh, cool, a little kid who might like hoops. So little. No, no, no. He knows more about basketball than you, and you know it. Facts. Um, seriously, I we had the chance to 
talked to him in our Discord, and he was part of our NBA draft show we did for our podcast. Just amazing. And so we thought, hey, he's off today from school, so let's bring him in studio. Let's welcome to this show for the first time, Pranil! Pranil, how you doing, man? I'm pretty good. How are you guys? Good. good. Okay, I know you've done this stuff before because you've done the whole like Zoom thing with us. Are you more nervous because you're in studio or... It's more nervous in studio for sure. I mean, this place is pretty cool. There's yeah. like TVs, <laughs> yeah. microphones, bunch yeah. of wires, and even a producer. And it's, pre- it's pretty intimidating, but I, th- I think I got Don't it. Don't be intimidated at all. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just like the podcast studio, except um, with a producer, TV, yeah. m- other things. Lots and, of wires. Yeah, lots of wires. So, uh, Pranil, man, um, let, let's give your, your, your backstory a little bit, man. It's cool. Your, your dad just dropped... Uh, Drove you here to, yeah. to join us, which is awesome. He's on a work call now. But how did you fall in love with the game of basketball? So since I was, I think, um, five or six, I've been playing sports my entire life. Everything except for football. My dad said no contact sports. Ooh. Pretty protective of me. But, like, been playing baseball, basketball, even played cricket because I'm from India. Hell so yeah. Played cricket until I was, like, about 10. But I've always loved basketball the most. So um, I played competitively for, I think, two or three years. Uh, and then I got to high school. I'm not the tallest guy. A couple of my friends made the team, not me, but um, not the tallest guy. I'm smart. I'm kind of athletic, but like not tall, so I didn't make yeah. teams. So I've always watched basketball. Um, when it comes to the NBA, uh, I've been a fan for almost 10 years. I was a Kobe fan starting out, big mm-hmm. Kobe fan, and then became a Kings fan after he retired. So I've been a Kings fan for pretty much my entire life. And... Um, I my big thing is the draft. Since the Kings always suck, I've always yeah. looked at the draft. Yes. And, um, I told a story on the draft stream, but um, I was in India for the draft, uh, twenty eighteen draft. So um, oh, you gotta go. You gotta bring that draft up. Oh, you gotta bring that draft <laughs> up. Yeah, huh? yeah, I do. I mean, it's my origin story, yeah, so we, we have right. to bring it up. <laughs> we need your so, origin story for sure. I, yeah. I was in, I was in India. Me year. and my dad, we've always been. Ta- we were talking about Luka that entire week. You know, Luka Doncic, he's gonna be a king. Excited to get the second pick. He's gonna be a king. He's the next guy, and. So the draft in India starts around 5 o'clock. So we woke up really early to get ready to see the pick. First pick, Aiden. That was expected from all the rumors and stuff. Bagley was announced, and both my dad and my heart just sank. Mm. I mean, we, we were just sitting on the couch, and it just sank. And ever since, I've always been super into, like, doing stuff, researching. Um, 2019, I made, like, a mock draft. It wasn't, like, all my work. I used a lot of, like, CBS Sports stuff. Since I was, like, I think I was 2019, I would be 13 years old. So, I did a little bit, not much. 2020, I did a little bit more. I really liked Aaron Neesmith in that draft. Oof. We got, okay. I mean, he's, he's been, he's been he's a lot fine. better. He's fine, yeah. Um, and was, did not expect Halliburton to fall. Was happy about Halliburton. He's obviously great. And he's doing great things in Indiana. And 2021, I really liked Shangun. Did not expect the Davion Mitchell pick. I also really love Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner. Those is, were your guys. Franz Wagner is currently one of my favorite players in the league. He's incredible. Dude. He's awesome. Uh, I, shout I, out Orlando. People don't realize they've oh, been they've playing been some good basketball. Yeah, they've been amazing. Yeah, the last twenty five games, it's been yeah, pretty good. That supersized lineup. I, they don't play Bobo as much. He comes off the bench, I think now. But I mean, Franz and Paolo is such an amazing core, and they yeah. really. And Mosley is honestly a pretty underrated coach, in my opinion. He's good for their development and. They have a lot of guards. I think what they need now is um, I, I really like Scoot on their team. If you pair Scoot with Franz, Paolo, and all that playmaking, Wendell's Dude. one of the most underrated rim protectors in the league, in my opinion. 
all that is such an amazing core. It, it'd be incredible. Well, they know. would still have their length, obviously, you know, and then they'd have adding guys like that. They'd have so many smart players, so many disciplined players, and then so many young players. That's okay. So you obviously, we've heard you break down and scout talent um, throughout some time now. What is it that you are usually looking for in the draft? Because you have an eye for something. Um, so I've always gravitated towards high IQ passing players that can defend. Yes. Um, and it's typical for this draft, too. I'm a big Anthony Black guy. Who's about, you know what I love about him? The Kings aren't going to be a lottery team, but this guy's still doing his draft stuff. Yeah, I mean, I actually am look him up. planning on opening a blog uh, soon, sometime March, maybe. Yes! Um, I've, I, I'm still a little bit behind. I planned on starting, actually, this month, but I'm a little bit behind on that. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's, it's on the way, so be on the lookout for that. I will... Release stuff soon on my Twitter. Uh, you guys can follow me, actually. Perneal underscore C on Twitter. Please follow me. I'll be updating stuff on the blog. Yeah. But yeah. So um, Anthony Black is one of my guys in this year's draft. He's a big-time, lengthy – he's a true point guard at 6'7". Lengthy, Oof. great defensive instincts, very good in the pick and roll. And I actually have notes here, but um, a good ball handler, strong downhill driver. He's very aggressive, getting to the rim, something I didn't really expect much. Um but, yeah, he's really good. I see shades of, like, Dyson Daniels, a little bit of Josh Giddy oh. when you see the passing ability. Dyson Daniels from last year's draft was one of my guys as well. But, yeah, he's really intriguing. His swing skill for me is the jump shooting. He's shown a little bit of flashes. Jump shot is not super fluid. But there are things that he can improve for sure. If he can get the jump shooting down, the potential is sky high. And he's still this. young. And he's, he's still 19 young. years old. He's yeah. young as well. Yeah. <laughs> I just love he's. Deep into the draft. I'm like focused on playoff position yes. now. What's happening? Um, where would he fall, though, in, in the draft? What, what? It, it'd be the late lottery. We wouldn't be able to get him. And honestly, even with, like, I think he'd fit in pretty nicely, but he's more of a true point guard. I like him on the Knicks. I think the Knicks would be great, or the Wizards, because they're teams that I really like because he can slot in next to RJ, Julius Randle, uh, Mitchell Robinson, that entire, like, they have a ton of wings. I, I mean, he's be next to Jalen Brunson, but I feel like Brunson is a talented passer, but Black could really elevate them. And then the Wizards is another team that I would really like for him because they have Kuzma. They have, they, they right now starting Monty Morris, who's been pretty good, but they can upgrade from there. Beal, Kuzma, Porzingis, and they're going to be in that late lottery position too, so the Wizards would be great for him. I, I, I want to ask you now because I want to talk more Kings with you and what the Kings really need to do. And we we saw that the Kings didn't do anything at the trade deadline. And they did something, Kessler Edwards. Yes. In which, uh, I want to get your opinion on Kessler Edwards, one. But two, now we're coming into that buyout market. What do you want to see the Kings do? Or is there nothing that intrigues you in the buyout market? I mean, I, from the start, was thinking, you know what? We need a backup big. I mean, we have the whole weird rotation thing where, like, Metu sometimes, you see sometimes you have Holmes, who's been pretty bad, which is sad. But yeah, um, I I want to get a big, but there aren't really any bigs on the market. I saw Will Barton get bought out recently. Yes, he'd be maybe interesting, but he hasn't been really good for Washington, who they got in the KCP trade. So, do you think um, it's a situational thing though for him? It could be a situational thing because they have a lot of guards. Right, like if you look at the Johnny Davis situation, he's not getting any playing time because they have Monty Morris, Bradley Beal. Um, I forget who else they have, but I know they have like a pretty stacked guard rotation. So. He could slot in. He's always been a pretty, like, interesting player because he can – he shoots – he's very shot heavy. He shoots a lot. But he can create a little bit on the offensive end. He can defend. And It'd be intriguing. But He's played playoff games. That's yeah. the other yeah, thing. That, that's, that's he's experience. also played 
with a big in Jokic, yeah. obviously, who passes the ball. I mean, he knows the big system, he the knows big how passing to move. system. He knows how to play off of that. Sabonis, yeah. you can call him Jokic light, whatever you want to say, but you could see Will Barton helping this team for oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, just don't sure. know, like. The thing I wonder with the buyout market, and maybe I thought the I thought the Kings are going to be bigger players on the buyout market. I think they they just still have a long ways to go to fi- you know fix their reputation. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. they if you're a guy that's a free agent at this time, yeah, and you want to join any team out there, there are going to be multiple suitors, multiple playoff caliber teams. Do you trust that the Kings are going to be a playoff team? Like, do you or would you go? You know what? I can go join LeBron. I could join Kawhi. I could join Giannis. I'm just bringing up examples here. Kevin Love, for example, yeah. going to Miami. He's going to Miami because yeah. you know Spolstra. You know Riley. Oh, I know all about Jimmy Butler. I know all about their system and what they're doing there. Th- that's what I think these buyout guys are looking at. I don't know that the Kings are at that spot now where they can attract a buyout guy like a Will Barton. Yeah, I, I honestly really wanted Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross was one of yeah, the biggest same. DHO guys. He Literally would be perfect to play with Sabonis because he can operate the DHO. He's a good shooter, and he can play that wing. But it didn't happen. He went to the Suns, who obviously were, was kind of expected. He'd be, he'll be great for them anyways. But I um, also like Love, but he went to the Heat. So I, I do think that there's a reputation that the Kings need to fix. I mean, the culture they have right now with Mike Brown, Monty, Domas, Fox, all those guys, it's it's you see the improvements. They're yeah. getting more love from the media. They're getting more love from players and the coaches and uh, Monty Williams before the Oscar break was hyping up Fox, saying that he's amazing, and you see a lot more fans and players and media just start talking about the Kings as you know what this team is legit, this team is good, and I do think there's a ways to go. For instance, I don't think they're gonna stick at the three spot. The Suns are coming for that position, so are the Mavericks. Agree. They're gonna slide a bit, but they they really I do really think that a playoff spot would be great for like. Even draft prospects, free agents, everyone's starting to see Sacramento as a position as like a young team that's improving, and that's a place where I want to go for the future. Yeah, and that's what I, and that's what I'm hoping to see, especially like when we do talk about the buyout market. And I think um, the other one that was on people's minds and didn't even know if this was going to be the case, but for like someone like Nerlens Noel, and we, we were talking about that backup big because you have so many not even playing on. Uh, down the bench right now, right? And but but what I said to Deuce the other day, I go, you know, everyone keeps talking about oh that new backup big. You you didn't get Mason Plumley, you didn't get a few out there, whatever. If you are even considering someone like Nerlens Noel, why wouldn't you keep just trying to develop someone like Nimi Kata, who keeps showing improvement but is still raw? Um, yeah, I do think that we saw Nimi a little bit against Joel Embiid and a little bit there. Um, in that road trip, yeah. but he wasn't great. The foul trouble stuff Ugh. is still real for him. He has shown some, he's a very legit, like, shot blocking, like, just do- dominant in the paint because he's, what, 7-1? Yeah. He's really big, and he's shown a lot of that in the G League, but I really do think another year in the G League is good for him. He could be that answer next year, another year of improvement. We saw the improvement from last year to this year already in the Summer League. He was very good in the Summer League, but he just needs a little bit more because um, you saw... Joel Embiid just absolutely just attack him. Yeah, but that's like, also one of the best. I yeah, also, I, I, yeah, Brown, yeah. I felt like Brown put him in an awful position oh, yeah, that yeah. game. Like sure. Sabonis picks up two and then quick you just ones. throw Nimi out there. He like just go landed him, there like twenty four hours ago. I was like, hey, go deal with Embiid. Yeah. And it's like, come on, man. We're trying to get this guy some legit confidence and get his 
his confidence up, get him some legit NBA minutes, and you throw him in against Embiid. That's the a best. tough thing to ask. I mean, Cato's one thing I still maintain. Like, I, they got to go try to get something in the final 25 games out of Rashawn Holmes. You cannot convince me that he is not an NBA player now. Like, for a team in desperate need at the five spot, he can't get 10 minutes? Is he is is Rashawn Holmes worse than Chemeze Metu? I absolutely disagree, but there is one thing we have to talk about. The system. Mm, Rashawn Holmes Rashawn Holmes was what I consider like the guard whisper in Halliburton, who's brings the most out of guard uh, brings the most out of bigs, right? And all the pick and roll stuff that Halliburton's able to do really feeds into Rashawn's strengths. Rashawn is a rim runner. He's good in the little in between game absolutely. with the push shot. And the issue with this offense is you don't ask a lot out of the center to score or rim run. Domas is pretty much the polar opposite than Rashawn. He's bigger. He's stronger. He feeds on screen actions. He rolls harder than the basket. He plays in the post. He passes the ball. Rashawn has never been a passer. And Rashawn, on the other hand, is more of a rim runner. He's a lob threat. He's good in the pick and roll where it comes to, like, he's a finesse scorer. He's not like a bully ball center. So... It's more of the system than I think him not being a p- player that can be in the NBA. But that's that my thing, though, is run different stuff when he's in the game. And th- that Lakers game, when he started for Sabonis, when he had 16 yeah. and 10, whatever, got the defensive player of the game chain, he showed you, like, oh, he's capable of playing NBA minutes. I know he's not going to run the same stuff as Sabonis, but let's be honest. And it's, Metsu can't either. It's not even about running, like, in a completely different offense, right? You can still run this motion offense. There's a lot of freedom to it, but I feel like, and tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm telling Tell me if I'm wrong, Pernil. Um, With, like, Davion and Rashawn, they have the freedom, but they don't embrace the freedom. They 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 are afraid that their short leash is going to be pulled back if they even go outside of some of those actions. What? We're going to save this. We got a oh. break for 60 seconds ah. on the radio side. Uh, we always stay live at YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Deuce and Moe with Pernil, the 16-year-old future NBA GM. We got much more coming up on Sacktown Sports. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Renew, one, I appreciate you coming in studio with us, hanging out with us. But I am just, I know I always say this to you when we have you on, but I'm more amazed now because, you, you know, you come in studio, <laughs> yes. there's a mic in front of you, you got lights on it, there's cameras, you mentioned the producer. It's just a lot where I think if I was 16, I'd be completely overwhelmed. I remember Same. when I was 15, 14, 15 years old, and I went to a radio station to interview a host at a time. I wasn't even on the air. I was just, but I was so nervous, like asking questions to the host, like writing down yeah. answers. And here Pernil is like, sounds like, honestly, if our boss is listening, he may hire you to do a show today. today. Like, you might, hey, can you fill in next Thursday? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could. I, no. I mean that. He could. He's 16 years old. He could do it. I was thinking that same thing while he was here. I was like, oh, wait, how do we get him every day? I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, seriously, Pernil. It's, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's impressive. But, I mean, you kind of have this old soul. We've heard it on our podcast and everything. But, truly, thank you for coming in and sharing your knowledge with everyone yeah, today. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I'm honestly lucky that I'm able to do this in the first place because, like, um, my dad and my mom have always been big on, like, me being able to, like, do public speaking. And, like, I've been doing debate since I was in seventh grade. Mm. And I coach debate now, too. So, like, 
it's just honestly like a skill that my parents have like ingrained in me to be able to do that because they say it'll help in like interviews and like in this situation as well because I don't really get nervous. I'm just like, I have the prep. I have everything I need. There's no reason to get nervous. And you are prepped. I, when I was asking McCone, he goes, hey, what topics are we going to hit? I just want to make oh. sure I'm prepped. I'm like, prepped? You got this. Man. I got like a page and a half here. Page like, and a half, huh? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is like draft stuff that I wanted to write down so that because it's all in my head. Yeah. I, I wrote down a lot of draft stuff. So, so. Yeah. I want to get more into the Kings in a second, but we were just talking about it. You probably heard on the way in, just the all-star game. You're 16 years old. You're going to have a different viewpoint. I mean, a different perspective maybe than me watching the game. Did you watch the game Sunday? Were you irritated by it? Like, how do you feel about watching the NBA all-star game on Sunday? So my parents were, uh, my parents had my, my, uh, I had cousins come over. So my parents went with my cousins, with my sister out. So I was, I was home alone. So I was watching the game. Um, I wasn't paying attention though because it was mad boring. It was really, really boring. Um, uh, there was like times when Fox would come on. I'm like, wow, Fox is on, and he had like a layup here. He'd like miss the layup. That's all that I remember. Donkey missed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I wasn't paying attention that much by the third quarter. I watched the Elam ending part. Um, Halliburton was cool. That was another guy I was rooting for, <laughs> and he hit like like three threes in like consecutive. I was like, yeah, let's go, Halley. Um, and Dome must have like a dunk here and there, but I honestly wasn't paying attention. It was really boring. I turned on like a TV show and started watching TV because I was that bored. So oh. how, how do you make it better? How would Perneal, if, you, if you're in charge, I'm Silver calls you today and it's like, hey, we, need, we need a teenage perspective. You know hoops, you know ball, you're in the film room. How, how do we make this better? <laughs> yeah. How do we make this better? Um, I would say that the incentive of like charity is cool. Um, they obviously have like the you win a quarter, you get charity, but I think there needs to be a little bit more because like um in the NBA now there's everyone's friends with each other, right? There's no like if you look at the two thousands, there was a lot more beef. Mm. For being completely honest, there's a lot more rivalries. And like I was I was saw some clips on Twitter of like those games and how intense they were. No one really cares. They just don't want to get injured. So you need more incentives to make people want to play more. It's funny when people bring up the friend component because for me, I could lie, I could have I could go play basketball right now against a close friend. If we're competing against each other, I'm going after the guy. There's competitive really? fire. Yeah, I don't care if he's my friend or not. And then you go to the next level. We're talking about pro sports. I don't care if you're my friend. I'm going to get into you. I'm going to play physical. I'm going to try to get in your head. Afterward, we could say what's up and be all cool. But no, you're, I'm not cool with you during this trip. See, I'm like that Like if it was in a, a regular season game. but no competitive. Yeah, yes. An all-star game. No, because like I feel bad if someone is like, hey, this is going to be my tone. Don't go past it. I want to respect that. I want to respect their boundaries and do that. But at the same time, like I understand where you're coming from, too. I would not want to play against you in an all-star game. Well, because, Perniel, there's been times we've competed against each other. Facts. And one time, oh. I fouled her, well, okay? She hard. took the ball and threw it at me. No, I <laughs> chucked it. I, I went. I mean, I definitely did a side yeah, hook at you. I think I did that once in elementary school with one of my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was an adult when she did it. She is DeMarcus Cousins. What? I mean, Prime I got 16, cousin. 20, so like, yeah. I Yeah, I didn't get in trouble, see? <laughs> um, going back to the Kings, we were talking before the break about trying to get the most out of Davion and Rashawn. Is that what we were in talking about? In the motion offense and, and really just talking about how like they have freedom to do everything, but it feels like that they're not choosing to do what they do best within this freedom motion offense. Do you agree? Um, yeah, it's like more of a fit thing, as I was saying before the break. But like, um, I think the freedom issue is that I feel like neither player feels that it fits them the best, right? Because okay. I was talking about before the break, but like Rashawn is best in that like um, pick and roll offense. Davion is better in the pick and roll offense, and 
I don't know. I honestly can't figure out what it is, but like if they could change the system, I feel like they would have already done that. Maybe they've already pushed Rashawn to do more like pick and roll stuff. Fox has always been pretty good in the pick and roll stuff, but I, I honestly have no idea what it is. And I'm going to be completely frank. I do think that we need to play, um, especially Rashawn a little bit more to get him off the team. You need to up that trade value because currently I feel like Rashawn has no trade value. No one really wants a 20, what is it? 28 year old center who's being paid 10 million. That's get, getting more money. Twelve, fourteen yeah. million dollars a year moving forward. No one's gonna want a guy like that. So that's not yeah, getting I, NBA minutes. And this, I, I go back to that Lakers game. I mentioned this last week when we were on. If you're Rashawn Holmes, you're asked to fill in and start in places of bonus. Not only do you start, you get a double double. You help the team win. After the game, lasers are on you. They give you the defensive player of the game chain, and then you're thinking, hey, you get rewarded with some minutes. This could be you my play moment. the right way. Yeah. He did not. Davion Mitchell, someone in our chat, Ragnarok Now is bringing this up, and I agree. It's hard for Davion to get in rhythm when you're playing three minutes. Three-minute chunks yes. are really hard, and that's the challenge, I think, long-term with Davion. is like, all right, is this the best spot for him to be in Sacramento? Because Fox is here, and Fox, as long as Fox is here and playing at this level, this guy's going to be playing 35 minutes tonight. And maybe there's not a spot for someone like Davion who, who believes he can go impact another team and play a more significant role somewhere else. Yeah, that that's going to be a hard conversation that I think is coming because, like, Davion Mitchell, when he starts, is much, much better when he comes off the bench. Sure. And it's been shown last year. It's shown a little bit this year. But, like, whenever he comes off the bench, it feels like he's not in rhythm. He's kind of cold and, like, you see in the jump shooting. And um, I, I, I do think that, like, with Malik Monk, it's got even worse because Malik does so many things that Davion was – tasked to do last yep. year coming off the bench being like the ball handler the playmaker now Davion on the on offense is sitting in the corner and on defense he's guarding everyone so like the offensive side the defensive side Dave I'm, I'm standing by this but Davion Mitchell is the best on-ball defender in the NBA wow he has every single tool that you need to be an elite on-ball defender when it comes with per- lateral quickness perimeter defense intensity yeah. um IQ screen navigation God. off ball defense imagine if he was like 6-4 that's if what he was, was six, four, to say. he would be defensive player of the year caliber in my opinion be- he's that good because how it sucks that he lacks that size because that's like we saw it against book right where book was just getting his making sure he was shooting over you're gonna see it with so many of these guys in their length even though he disrupts 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 and does as much as he can but when it comes to the best of the best they're able to do something different against him but at the same time like you're exactly right he does just enough for an nba player we gotta take another break on the radio side we're always live on the youtube page youtube.com slash sacktown sports 1140 we'll keep talking hoops this is fun our guy perneal's in studio yeah. with us it's deuce and mo on sacktown sports On your local sports leader, Sacktown Sports. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, and you guys may not know who Perneal is if you're just tuning in. You should be locked in though, 11 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Perneal is a local. Are you allowed to see where you go to high school? Or is that weird? Question? I think that's weird. That's a weird? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't want to review yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I will say, I will that's say. Why I asked. That's why I asked. I wasn't trying to sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some people like, are like, hey, I go to this high school. If I was 16, I probably would reveal I would say, that and then really thinking about like yeah. being a 16 year old girl telling everyone where my yes. high school is on a sports radio show is probably a really bad idea. Yeah. 
He's 16 <laughs> years old. He's in high school, but he is a big time basketball fan. <laughs> What's the school you hate? We could just send him. Oh, no, because then no, you'll no, know his close. rival. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. Good yep, thinking. Yep. What's the school you hate the second? <laughs> <laughs> um, the mascot. No, anyway, no. Perneal knows basketball. I love his passion for it. Yes. And your ability to just talk about it, break it down. It's it's a lot of fun. I think the people need to hear it. So I'm glad you're in studio with us hanging out today. Um, Kings, 25 games left in the season. Whew. 25 games left. It's um, not going to be easy at all. Um, no. Where are you at with this team with 25 games to go? Are you pretty confident that they can remain in the, the top six at least, Perniel? Um, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, oh, you, the top six. Hey, I think I think I think they probably will, considering the lead they have. But like, my biggest issue is that with what's happened in the West, oh. you see. No, I love oh. this. No, I love this because okay. this is always what I go to, and Perniel's really smart, and so it makes me okay. feel smart. Go on, Perniel. With what's happened in the West, you see Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. All these people, and like even the Russell Westbrook, I feel like is gonna be underrated for the Clippers because something the Clippers have needed all year is playmaking, and yeah. he can really—he's a really underrated passer. I mean, people always say Westbrook, Westbrook. I mean, I've always liked Russ. I feel like he gets overhated for like the Lakers struggles. The Lakers, te- Lakers fans had to scapegoat their issues. They did the same thing with Vogel. Sure, now they're doing with Russ, but like he's—he ha- has issues. He can't shoot. He's not that great of a defender, but like. What they need is passing, and he can really provide that. So can Mason Plumlee. And the Clippers are going to get better. The Suns are going to be ridiculous. The Mavericks are going to be better. So what I think the Kings need is we need to figure out a way to stop these teams that can score. It's been the issue all year long. You need to defend. And I'm starting to see it's not the effort. It's the personnel. And um, I don't know how much you can improve this year. Unless Kessler Edwards somehow becomes like the greatest wing defending player oh. I've seen in my entire life, <laughs> he showed some flashes in the the he minutes uh, against I do, the Suns. I do like Kessler Edwards, even though there are people on Twitter, um, Rory for one, um, <laughs> who just there. who just don't who who like think he's gonna be nothing. But um, I do think that he has he has potential. Sure, he's he was really like in the draft community like uh, two years ago. He was really big. People liked him a lot. He's long. He's lengthy. Um, I I I talk a little bit with a Nets fan on Discord. Who's I? He says that Kessler is not that great, but I I disagree. I think that Kessler can improve with Mike Brown, especially. He's in the right situation. Um, so yeah, I think that Kessler next year could maybe be the thing, but this year I don't really see where the team can improve and be able to lock down on like Kevin Durant. So. And yeah, one stat that. I saw today from what? NBA.com that was interesting. Looking at the remaining schedule, the Kings have twice as many remaining games against top 10 offenses mm. than they have against bottom 10 offenses. I so mean, they have five matchups against bottom 10 offenses, 10 against teams in the top 10 in offense. And that's obviously going to be a challenge for this right. group, for sure. I, I just like the teams you just mentioned. Obviously, like, okay, those teams could be better, but they'd still be in the top six. Sure. Even if those teams are, are are better than them, right? That that's one through six right now. So I, I just I look at the team like Dallas. I'm not sure they're better than Sacramento. I mean, they're they're different, but they still have their problems. Like I like Josh Green a lot. I, I think he has shown some growth this year, but we're not talking about a player that's played big time minutes in meaningful games. If you're counting on him to be like a legit number three presence for the Mavs, 
Outside Luka and Kyrie, who else are you concerned about? What's their defense going to be? Like, I, I trust the Kings' overall depth more That's, than the Mavericks. And, I, and, I, and I'm with them on the overall depth of the Sacramento Kings when you look at a team like the Mavs, sure. But I also look at some of these teams, because I'm with you, Perniel, where I look at the West and I look at some of these teams and I go, oh, you want to talk about doing research. They do... They've now had their experience against the Sacramento Kings. They know what the Kings do. It's this time of the season when everyone pushes just a little bit harder. Every team's a little bit healthier. And they have done their homework. They know what the Kings are about. And they can get those stops. So if you're stopping the Kings on the offensive end. And then this King squad hasn't made any improvements on the defensive end. It's only going down from here. That's where... (laughs) That's where my doom okay. and gloom comes it, from. I mean, there, that's a lot of doom and gloom there. But it's I mean, doom and gloom to the but, sixth spot, though. That's I'm still in top six. I, uh, yeah, I do think they'll still be in the top okay. six. See? Yeah, because I look at the other teams, like the Pelicans. I like the Pelicans roster. Injuries. And, uh, the injuries are yep. the biggest thing with the Pelicans. Now, I think they'd even, without Zion, give the Kings some problems, like we saw, because teams with that, that have length. Mm-hmm. They really give the Kings a lot of problems. They've got, Raptors. and the Pelicans have a lot of depth. You mentioned the Raptors, teams that are long. The Grizzlies, with their size up front, gave the Kings uh, issues. But, like, Minnesota, I don't trust it. Like, I don't know what the cat thing's going to be. And even if he comes back, how does that fit, right? It didn't look good before. Golden State, I don't know, man. Like, it, they've been 500 this year, and Steph's still out. They're deeply flawed. How did they get better? How are they better than last year? And OKC, although I like them long term, they're not ready yet. Sure. So just when I go up and down the West, I'm going, I like the Kings in the top six still. Yeah, I think that the Kings will need to like with the, uh, as I mentioned, the Clippers, Suns, Mavericks, they need to separate themselves along with those groups because those three teams, as you as you come out of the Ulster break, they'll start to win more. They'll start to separate themselves from the rest of the bunch. And if the Kings want to be part of that, they also have to start winning. They have to keep, at least at the 500 pace that they're at right now, they have to keep like being around there. Yes. So, um, yeah. And I think that teams like the Pelicans made some improvements. Josh Richardson's going to be pretty cool for them as yeah. like a wing and that they can add. Um, I also want to say like the Timberwolves, Mike Conley fits them a hell of a lot better than um, D'Lo. Because like, Mike Conley can pass the ball. He has a relationship with Rudy Gobert that D'Lo apparently did not have. I don't know if you guys saw that, but like apparently D'Lo despised Rudy Gobert. A lot of people seem to despise <laughs> yeah. Rudy Gobert. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like the hate is a little bit overblown. He's still a very impactful defender. But yeah, um, and he's pretty good as a rim runner. They still have issues with the with Cat coming back. I don't know how much Jaden McDaniels can do for that team as like the guy that just keeps everything together. Sure, And Kyle Anderson as well who I'm both big fans of. I really like both of those guys for that team. Kyle Anderson is one of the most underrated free agent signings of this entire Yeah, like, the year. Kings were really trying to get him during the offseason. Oh, yeah, sense. and it would have been really good Man. for this team because he can pass the ball. He can screen. He just He's such a smart player, and he would have fit very well with Sabonis. I really liked him. But, like, yeah, Kyle Anderson's great for that team. It, I'm, I'm interested to see how um, the Lakers perform after the All-Star break as well because, like, um, that trade, they flipped one guy that was like their sixth man for three players that can now start for them, which is an inc- it was probably one of the best trades that Palenka's made in his entire life. Yeah, career. it's almost amazing that that's what they were able to pull off at the deadline. Like I, 
I don't view them as a total legit threat. I mean, they're going to have to leapfrog a lot of teams here, and they're going to have to count on LeBron being able to play the he's, rest of the games. He's going to have to take over AD. And but you're right, the roster overhaul. This the team looks a lot better. I mean, yeah. I'm watching Vanderbilt, and I'm just like. Oh my God, that, that one! Makes me, that one that makes we me sick. really want. I, I saw like the um, I saw like a tweet saying that we really wanted Vanderbilt, and I mean he's su- he's such a like he's such a high motor, and he would have really fit. I feel like because like Long. he's he's so lengthy on the perimeter. <laughs> um, I feel like he's a bit overrated by like like people ex- expectations because he really doesn't do much on the offensive end. Yeah, but, like, yeah. I mean the defense that he would have brought would have fit would have been so helpful because he is truly like an a. Plus, plus, plus defender. That's exactly. And I think sometimes, too, when people look at some of these players and they overrate them, it's because they go, oh, yeah, they should be able to do this, this, and this if you're talking about them this way. No. You look at what type of player Vanderbilt would have been in a system like for the Sacramento Kings. They have scores. They have a great offense. Now they just really need to keep um, adjusting and making up on that defensive end. All right. We got one more segment with Pernille coming up. You're the man. I hope you know that. Truly. Yeah, I hope you like just soak this in because you are really good at this. Like, I'm being serious. No, I, I, I bet you they could. Like, I don't even know if it's legal. You can have a job when you're 16. Yeah. He could get hired here and do like a part time show or something, you know? Could you imagine Pernille on a I weekend show? Would you do a weekend show? Oh, for sure. Yeah, Without a yeah. doubt. I mean, the community. I have would no be... power in this, but I, I'm promoting oh, this. I will be here. 100%. We need, we need to keep promoting, 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 promoting yeah. um, our youth in our communities. And like when you have talent like this in your community and young talent like this, you gotta yeah. push it. You gotta empower it. I think that a podcast would be really cool, not only for like just being able to be here and like talk, express like my yeah. love and uh, desire and like just everything I love about the sport, but also that it would look amazing on my college applications, man. <laughs> I mean, think about that being paid to do a podcast for live radio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm always like, my parents are always like but big on like, like j- just you have to, we have to work some out with your parents because I feel like. Be- I, in a way, discovered you. Oh, come <laughs> So no. I get 50, is it 50% you'd say, Chris? Would that be fair, 50%? Around there. 50%, yeah, 50% of what? All future money he makes, <laughs> oh. whether he's in broadcasting or not. Yes. I'm just kidding. Uh, we got much more coming up. It's Juice and Mo on Sackdown Sports. Juice and Mo on Sackdown Sports. Juice Mason, Morgan Reagan, and Pranil live in studio talking hoops. We're just talking on the YouTube feed at youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140 about Russell Westbrook. He got that buyout from the Utah Jazz, and he is headed to the L.A. Clippers. So many people had him, like, maybe going to the Bulls, maybe going to the Wizards. I didn't think the Clippers were going to go that direction, to be honest. I knew that Paul George was advocating for him, but apparently he met with the Clippers front office, Ty Lue, the coaching staff, and they had some really productive conversations. He goes to reunite with Paul George and this Clippers team just to know is starting to put it together. Cause Kawhi Leonard has been an animal his last 17 games, averaging 27 points a game, My God. six and a half rebounds four assists. He's doing it on 51% shooting. He's shooting 46% from three during that stretch and 92% from the line. And also the Clippers are 24 and 11 when he plays. So, you know, if Kawhi's out there, they're going to be good. Adding Westbrook to the fold. I understand people are like, oh, it's Westbrook, Westbrook. 
I think he can help the team. It just has to be a complete buy-in. From a playmaking perspective, as you noted, Pernille, you know he can set these guys up. Mm-hmm. You just need to engage Westbrook, and he has to play uh, disciplined basketball in my mind. Yeah, what I thought was really funny was that um, coming into the trade deadline, there was like this press conference with the Clippers, I think it's their general manager, it's like one of the front office guys, and he was noting things that he wanted out of a starting guard, and it was like, Half of the things Russ just doesn't do. Yeah, but yeah, Lawrence Frank. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but like even with that, I feel like Russ is pretty good for this team. Simply from like the standpoint that you know what he is. All, he's been very good when um when he was in OKC with Paul George. He was very good for Paul George and Paul George, who's always been a very good off ball scorer. He played. He had one of his best seasons. He had an MVP MVP caliber season there. And same thing with Kawhi. I think the fit there is good and. What that team already does defensively, Zubox is a very good rim protector and very good player defensively. Kawhi, I don't even have to talk about Kawhi. Kawhi's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Paul George, incredible. They can sort of hide some of what Russ does that isn't that great defensively. And if Russ is engaged, I do think he can be a good defender, but like he's, that's always been an issue, and I don't really bank on that. But the fit is so much better than it was in L.A. because Not even close. Because You're right. Because look at what the Lakers were throwing out there at the start of the year. When oh Gabriel was playing big minutes yep. for them, right? Yeah. They were th- Thomas Bryant was playing big minutes for them at stretches. These are, and I'm not trying to hate on these guys, but if you're trying to like compete at a championship level they and you're no trying shooting. to get Westbrook, yeah, you have no shooting. The yeah. Clippers, at least their three point percentage is in, you know, the top five to seven in the NBA. So that, that should be helpful. Just better players around him. And I, I agree. Yeah. I think it will be um, really interesting. I think something else we were just talking about um, when we were coming back was the Kings. I feel like they keep seeing player or teams that have the addition of a new player. They saw the Mavs with Kyrie and then they saw the Suns who obviously you didn't get to see uh, Kevin Durant in yeah. that game. But now you're going up against the Clippers on Friday after Thursday night uh, against Portland. So you're going to see this new look Clippers team and we're getting into that part of the season now, Pernil, where we're talking about all these games the Kings need to win to stay mm. in that top six. It's only going to get harder and especially even these next two games. Yeah, and I think our schedule remaining is like top five hardest schedules. Ugh. So it's going to be really rough. But um, I do think that we're getting lucky that we're seeing like the baby form of this because they're still figuring it out. Yeah. Meaning we get to see the mistakes. We get to see like all the issues. And like with the Kyrie game, we saw Luka being not that – he wasn't that great in the overtime period because they were still trying to figure out who's going to get the ball in the court. And he's out of shape. Oh, yeah, that too. He's yeah. off an injury. But it's fat shame, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like we 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 seeing Russ earlier, I think is better than seeing him later because if they figure that out, that team will compete with the Nuggets and the Suns and oh my God, the West is really hard. Oof. But like all those teams for like a, the Western Conference Championship because they have so much depth. I mean, I was looking at their bench and their depth um, a couple of days ago. They got Bones, Eric Gordon, um, Plumley, Norman Powell, yeah. Plumley, who's by the way can start. He's really really good. Um, Robert Covington, Terrence Mann might not even get rotational minutes. Amir Coffey has shown a lot of cool flashes. And, I mean, I feel like Amir Coffey could probably play rotational minutes for us. And he's their 12th man. Um, Musa Diabate has been really, like, he's he's not, I'm, I'm not going to really mention him as a rotational player. But, like, he's also really cool as, like, a rotational, like, yeah. as a project guy. Yeah. So they have, like, 12 guys that I think could play on teams that Tyloo has to figure out. 
And that's not including, you know, the star power they have with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And starting into the year, I, I had them number one. I was super high on Same. them. Same. But, like, the injuries and everything that kind of derailed, derailed that. But, like, yeah, this team, if they can figure it out, they're, they're gunning for that one spot at the very end. They're, cu- yeah. they're gunning for the finals appearance. Ooh. I think you need to have some size because I, I think that's what they were looking at, too, is, like, yeah, Zubats is legit. Like, he's, a, he's solid. But who, who's behind him? And if you're going to go win a championship, you're going to have to figure out, okay, we got to go up against Jokic and his size. We maybe have to deal with Aiton and Phoenix. We may have to deal with the Bucks, but they got Lopez and Giannis. Uh, you got to deal with Embiid, maybe. You, the list goes on of all these bigs you have to deal with. And then... Just from the standpoint of having versatility with guys who can defend multiple positions, you mentioned Covington. Covington's like been really in and out of the rotation this year. That's another guy that could probably help the Kings a lot, right? Oh, yeah. So I think they have all the makings of being a team that could come out of the West. But it's like we always say with them. It's like, all right, we'll see if they're healthy. I yep, don't know. If I, healthy. I just have to – I don't – I'm not going to believe it until I see it with that group. Yeah. And, I mean, they're showing like the flashes lately. Yeah. Kyle Leonard has been incredible – Paul George has been very good, and you see, they've, they've been really good as of late, and I think this is like, the All-Star break came out like a perfect spot for them. I mean, you can like regroup, you can like get Westbrook, and if they can get hot come late March, they'll be unstoppable. Oh, that's exactly, and especially because then, too, they're starting to build their chemistry and understand what their identity is as a team, because everyone's healthier, and everyone's playing together, and Ty Lu, again, another coach that is just up there when it comes to in-game adjustments and knows how to coach star players. Okay, yeah. we're, we almost have to break here, okay. so before Perneal goes, because okay. he actually has a life outside oh, of this, man. believe it or not, um, and we appreciate your dad for bringing you in, too. Thank that was you. awesome. Um you have any big Kings prediction for the final 25 games? Do you have any? I mean, you, it seems like you, you're convincing yourself that they're a top six team. Yeah, um, I think that if they're a top six team, they're going to take the three seed to the seven. Especially with how golden one center is, even in like regular season games, in a playoff game, it's going to be amazing. And I absolutely want to get out if it's a playoff game, but like they're going to take whatever the three seed is to at least seven games. Ooh, that's your six. take. Do you think there's a chance? The Kings could get out of the first round this year. I mean, I, I hope so, but I just don't think so. I, Mostly, you're telling me if the Kings match up against the Mavs, they can't win that series. Dude. Um, it's simply from like one thing that we have. I think one or two defenders that I consider above average, and that's the biggest issue when it comes to the. How playoffs, many do they have? Um, the Mavericks. Um, uh, I they have Luka Doncic, man. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't. I mean, they still. They'll they, be gassed. <laughs> And like now, I'm looking at. What um, but seriously, Pranil, um, I we appreciate you coming in. You know, we think very highly of you, and uh, yeah, we'll have to do this another time, maybe when you're this summer. Or something. During the draft, too. I mean, I know you got all your draft notes, and I really want to pick your brain on yeah, everything. Yes, so we'll do that closer to draft too. Cool. But cool. seriously, thank you so much for coming in. Thank man. you yeah, for sure, for sure. And right. if you guys don't know, my Twitter's Pranil underscore C. Yes. So please follow me. I'll be. Posting a lot more come draft time, doing a lot more stuff there. So great work! If you really liked what I did here. Just make sure to follow me on that. Yeah, and you better put out a blog. I'm yeah. gonna challenge yeah. you. I know you have a busy schedule. You got a lot to school and volleyball and all that. But my yeah. dad's been big on that. My dad's been saying, you know what? That'll Good. differentiate you for college applications. Yes. So I'm really, I'm really, I've, I actually have a little bit here, but not a lot yet. Just oh, a little bit. You started a blog. What oh. is it on? It's Substack. Okay, you're using Substack. Okay. okay. Yeah, like. Um, come March time, I'll post a little bit. I'll let Deuce cool. know so that he can help me market that. But like, yeah. come March a little bit around then, I'm hoping to like start 
posting regularly on that. Sweet. I love it. Yeah. Keep, we'll, we'll keep be grinding, pushing it dude. Out. Proud yeah. of you. All right. We got much more of the show coming up. It's Juice and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Town Sports. Hanging out with us on a Tuesday. Short week? Short? Oh, yes. Yeah. It's Tuesday. Maury thought it was Monday today. Well, don't we work? Do we even work? Uh, Sunday, I know. Okay. Maury, I, you're t- I'm talking about with this show. It's a short oh, week yeah, with yeah. the show. Short week yeah, with the show. I know. We got 800 other things Sorry, going on. But okay. Yes, the show. I'm talking about this show. Oy. Appreciate you guys hanging Oy. out with us. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. I did put a poll question up today. You did? Will the Kings finish in the top six? 90% of people say yes. I've wow. Wow. I hey it's gonna get I sweaty. Love it. We are gonna be sweating down the stretch of the season. I, I'm I'm nervous. The final twenty five it's gonna be really hard. Is that fun or not fun to be sweating down the stretch? From the drama standpoint, I love it, but from the standpoint that it's like my team and I just wanna be there, it's not cute. I mean, it's it's not gonna be fun because people are gonna like fans and me are gonna have oh, hot takes. So like, there's like two losses in a row. What a collapse. They're not the number three seed. Here's what you need to go into with the final twenty five game. Oh, tell them, Deuce. They're not the three seed. I, but, Deuce, I'm looking at standing. They're the number three seed. No, no, no. Deuce, I'm looking at the standings. They're at the number three spot. Good. They're not. Pretend like they're not, okay? It's a weird year. Everybody knows it. The team's behind them. The Suns, look out. The Clippers, we just talked about them with Pernille. These are legitimate title contenders, and they are they're coming. They're coming. They're getting healthy. Durant's going to come back. That Those are going to be good teams. This year is not about being the number three seed. I don't care about the three seed. Would I want them to be there? Uh-huh. Sure. I want them in the top six now. If you would ask me a couple months back, I'm like, let's just get in the play and let's make it entertaining. Maybe get a chance. That was me. Now you got a shot. Yep. Now you got to take care of business and it's not going to be easy. You think about the first four games out of this all-star break. Oh, God. Was that the mad TV? The, oh, 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 wow. That was, that's a throwback. Um, <laughs> Thursday, Kings Blazers. Yeah. Next day against the Clippers. Day off, then two games against OKC. No! Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's. I mean, it's not bad. It's just not going to be easy. And again, I said... Embrace it. I said this earlier today. I was like, hey, there's going to be a little fire lit under everyone's tushes in the Western Conference. And this is why I love the play-in. And I used to be mixed about it. But why I love the play-in is because here we are post-All-Star break, and there are definitely some teams just completely out of the mix. San Antonio, they're done. Mm -hmm. Detroit, Houston, Charlotte, these teams are clearly tanking, but even teams like the Lakers and the Blazers that we haven't really spent time talking about a lot today, they still think they have a chance, and they're trying to push for the play-in. In a normal year, you and I would be talking about that with them. So that's what's exciting to me, is you have so many teams still in it, and here we are, headed into the final 25 games of a King season, where these games have huge Huge meaning. Usually by this time, last year at this time, you know what we're talking about? What are we talking about? Well, let's just see how Fox's bonus chemistry works going into the year. Maybe they can get a plan. Oh, wait, both guys are hurt. It's over. Right? Uh, like I think they should rest the guys so we get a better pick. Yeah, exactly. Let's rest. Let's tank. How do they get a top three pick? I was going to say, so then did the play-in save tanking every season? Uh, I mean, I think we're now seeing a few teams go for it. I just don't think... It makes sense. The odds are just stacked against you. Even if you've got the worst 
record in the league, it doesn't mean you're going to get the number one pick. And now know? there's more of a chance yeah. to get into that play and yeah. have an opportunity to be a playoff right. team. I, I So that's what's exciting. And I'm just excited that the Kings are headed down the stretch run where, yeah, the, the, it's tough. But I think also teams, on the other hand, I think if you're a Portland fan, you're going, ah, we got Sacramento coming out of the break. That's tough. Oh, yeah. You're if not you're thinking OKC, good things. You're, if you're an OKC fan, you're going, man, we got two against the Kings. Hopefully we get one of those. So it goes both ways. The Kings are still one of the best offensive teams. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see if this couple days that they get off here, which is, really isn't much for a few of their guys, helps them start knocking down some shots. Well, too. it also hasn't even been – it hasn't been something that has benefited them. If you look at the the games that they had two days off of rest and then trying to uh, play in a game, it's like they end up losing or they – it's just not their best game, right? So it's not like we've seen rest actually benefit these guys. And um, I don't think that's the whole story being told. I think it's important that these guys are resting their legs and resting their minds and everything else and not having the fatigue factor kick in on a second night of a back-to-back. But it's also important keeping that flow, keeping that rhythm uh, from just playing in NBA games, NBA minutes, and going into these games like fresh but also ready. Uh, in the YouTube chat, Stephen Brown says the Kings may drop to about four or five, nothing less. Oh, that's confident. That, that is really confident. Yeah, I'm not there. Well, I think part of it, too, is even when Durant gets back for Phoenix, mm-hmm. um, is he going to be on a minute restriction? Are they going to be cautious with him playing back-to-backs? I, I think something that we were talking about last hour, it does come into play, is you know, although you can like the Clippers on paper, it still may take them some time to build, like, their chemistry and cohesiveness. Same with the Suns. Yeah, it should be nice to just put Durant in there, but it doesn't mean it's going to be completely smooth to start the year. No. Same I, with the Mavs, right? I, yeah. No, I, I I totally understand that. And I think when you look at personalities and basketball minds, it does make a difference. I think when you look at the combination of Luka and Kyrie and you look at those, it's not only just about their personalities off the court. You look at their personalities as basketball players on the court, you know, and how Luca has only played one way for so long because he doesn't have a coach or a system or a style that is telling him to do something else, right? But now with the addition of Kyrie, it is going to force him to do something else, but is there going to be management and coaching helping them along that way to make it a beautiful relationship? And I think when you look at KD, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker, these are guys, Team USA, um, that obviously have relationships with Monty Williams and understand high level basketball team basketball. And so I think they're going to be willing and mesh quicker than we think too. CJ in the chest says, y'all think Denver and Memphis are solidified? Or are we the only ones dropping? I mean, I'm not, you know, like Memphis hasn't played great lately, but I think something that does not get talked enough about with that team is shows you how much Steven Adams means for that group. Steven Adams gets a lot of great looks for John Morant. Yeah. And that team just hasn't been the same without him in the fold. No, no. But, I mean, look at the postseason last year with Steven Adams. He gets played off the floor. They totally had to push him, you know, on the bench and didn't even play, right, when he was starting the entire year like he's doing this year. So what's that going to look like in this 
type of postseason of basketball, I, we just don't know until we look at matchups. But I feel like when you do look at matchups um, with most of the teams, especially in the West, there's that big. There's that big that's dominant, that can play, that they're going to need to match up Steven Adams against to um, just be big and his presence be felt in the key. Joseph says there won't even be a long break. Frankie Cardicelli is covering practice tonight with a report following. Look, that's the other thing. They're back at practice today. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Mike Brown's doing for practice, but... What are you thinking? It's light? I better be light. Better be light. Hey, welcome back. Let's get some shots up. Maybe talk about a couple things. Watch some things. And... Uh, ah! Yeah, you're right. He's turning on the Jets. Yeah, why, who are you kidding? Come on now. All right, let's check in with Steven. Steven, what's up, my man? How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you guys doing? Good, good man. What's up? Uh, so I have a random thought. So we were talking about All-Star Weekend and how how there's really no other way that it's just – there's nothing really – it's just for the fans. It's for the fans and it's for the money and it's for the show. It's for the corporate sponsors like we always – like you guys have already talked about, right? So it's a seven-game series in the finals. So why not make it to where – I know it's kind of difficult, but I feel like the idea and the concept should be there, and I feel like the NBA should do this. The winner of the the winner of the All Star Game, whoever side it is, East or West, they get the home game and they get home court advantage either throughout the playoffs or <sighs> in the final. So, but then, but then like, so, so then, the, then what's the regular season mean? You know, like. The standings, like, so well, you could I mean, be the number one seed. and You're fighting for seeding and stuff like that through the regular season, obviously. But when it comes to All-Star Weekend, when uh, it's all basically like – I'm trying to find and try to create a way to where All-Star Weekend actually means something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just uh, a glorified layup line. It's not just for everyone to be all showboaty. Like, I feel like – yeah. That'll add some competitiveness because whoever wins, whoever wins it is going to get quote unquote the home home court advantage throughout the playoffs, or I mean, at least in the finals. So, you know, you're going to play four games in Golden State and three games in Sacramento. Let's, for example, I know that cannot happen logically, but um, just as an example, you know what I mean. I feel like that could have some. That could add some competitiveness to it. I don't feel like I feel like the players would either care or not. I don't know, but I mean, it's something, you know. Yeah, it's, I, it's I appreciate really it, Steve. We're up against it. Yeah, uh, I still go back to this. Like, what was there to play for? But you're a professional. No, I mean, what? No, what no. Are we but doing here? where Stephen was going with that too, and you know, if they did go back to like East versus West, and they went to that level of things, too. I know sometimes you think, man, there's some guys playing there that aren't even going to make the playoffs, right? Like, you look at SGA, the OKC Thunder, whatever. But at the same time, there's going to be more All-Stars than not that are going, that their teams are going to be playing for something. I just don't think it's enough of an incentive, and... It's fair. Just It's just, hey, we're just trying to make tweaks, Deuce. We're just trying to figure it out, because... Good basketball at this time, and something that the league can showcase and bring all their corporate sponsors together for one event. Yeah, in season tournament, Mister Soccer Player over here. But I think that they want to do an in season tournament. They do. I, I still think they would do an All Star game. Yeah, they're not going to like throw away the All Star game. I mean, like, 
Or maybe get rid of the All Star game. Then. Ironically, an All Star game is very American. Like no other sports league does this. Well, sure. and like the reasoning is always just like, well, what's there to play for? What's the point? It's like there. That's what I don't understand. What? There's a point. You're a professional. Play for Deuce do you, Mason. Do you care about the league or do you not care? Right. Like, are you that selfish? Just go play a but, game. You're, but, it's fun. It's basketball. Hey, if I'm LeBron James, I get a chance to go play with Luca. I never get to play with Luca. That's fun. Have fun. That's what all it is. Deuce. But also, I think at the end of the day, some of these teams or some of these players are thinking, this league doesn't care about me. This team doesn't care about me. I have to worry about myself. Ultimately, it's about me. It's about my money. So screw everyone else. Truly. We'll be back with some truth or trash. Back in 60 seconds on the radio side. We're always live on YouTube.com slash Sports 1140. Live and local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. What's up, everybody? It's Deuce Mason. It's Morgan Reagan. You know, Morgan, during the breaks on YouTube, has been doing Mo's Minute now, which is just a minute of meditation. Yeah, sometimes not is even that a minute. Gonna, is that going to be your side gig now? Well, if it gets sponsored and makes me lots of money, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Isn't that what it's all for these days? It's just meditation. Yeah. Meditation. Morgan just breathe in, breathe out. It's, I, I feel like a lot of people on the chat like it. Wow. Which is cool. Which is cool. Thanks, guys. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, 1 o'clock, a guy that we met during the Summer League. Yes. He works on J.J. Reddick's podcast, The Old Man, The Three. He used to work at The Ringer. He's an Emmy-winning director. Jason Gallagher is going to be live with us. Yeah. Uh, he's very talented, super talented, so super talented. funny. He's a big Mavs fan, so we're going to talk some hoops with him. Yeah. Oh, gross. I already hate him. <clears throat> I know. <laughs> I went at him pretty hard. I think I was pretty aggressive with my Mavs hate when I met him. Really? In Vegas? Yeah. I was oh. like, hey, I can't stand the Mavs. Um, he, hate him. In, what's funny is that he's just one of the nicest guys, but truly one of the most creative yeah. guys. Love following all of his work. He made the hollow. He didn't he write the Hallelujah song? How do you do it? Hallelujah. Oh yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know if he sang it, wrote it, or whatever, but he helped. He's a part it. of it. Yeah. yeah. So he's going to be on the show tomorrow. All right, Morgan, it's Tuesday. Let's t- let's do a little truth or trash, huh? Truth or trash. We tell you what's real and what's downright garbage. It's truth or trash. Truth or trash with Deuce and Mo. Okay, Morgan Reagan, yeah. first one. Uh, it's time for the NBA to blow up All-Star Weekend. It's time to rethink the entire event. Truth or trash? I'm going to go with truth. I know that sounds a little bit dramatic, and sometimes people have a hard time because they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You just can't get rid of something that's been there forever. Oh, but you can, my friends. And I know our guy, Chris Verlaud, had a solution of, hey, why don't you just have an in-season tournament? You know, blow out the All-Star weekend thing because nobody gives a damn anyway and you're just like hey why don't you play for pride like why don't you just do that incentives aren't good enough for these guys anymore if this is not going to be good enough going forward and you can't make tweaks to make it better blow it up and make something else that is important well the other reality too is if you're turner your tnt you don't want the all-star game to be just another event you're putting a lot of resources into it right you're flying all your broadcasters, Cruise. yep. all your production crews, early in the week to Salt Lake City, putting them up, 
renting out facilities, mm-hmm. putting up major production, and for what? A bad game that no one cares about. And when you get that reputation, it's a hard thing to shake. Adam Silver was sitting with the head of Warner Media during the All-Star game. Did not look like uh, it was a very happy time. Those two were chatting during the game. So, yeah, they got to rethink some things. Absolutely. Are you down for blowing it up, I mean, blow it up uh, from the standpoint of we need to have a serious conversation about, okay, is it time to change some events? How do we do things? Restructure the game. I'm open-minded. I just want to turn on an all-star game that is fun. I think sometimes, too, people get afraid of, like, oh, don't mess with tradition. It's okay to mess with tradition. I mean, look, yeah, look at the way. (laughs) Yes, please. Look at the way that they even added the the play-in tournament and how it's made – um, things exciting for teams that are losing even, right? right. It, it, and at first it was like, are you rewarding losers? No, these losers are finding ways to fight to get into those spots. All right, next up, Morgan Wait, Reagan. one second. The thing I found tough about the All-Star game is that they are all having the same conversations that we are having. Yeah. And they can't decide... Right. What to do. Right. Like make a de- The idea of just like, oh, they, they haven't thought about this. Oh, they are scrambling. Scrambling. Thinking of how to make this better and how to make it watchable. Got to make a change. Next up, Morgan Reagan. Fox and Sabonis getting picked near the end was proof that the Kings still don't get the respect from people around the NBA. I'm going to go with truth because I think if you are playing against Sabonis, if you're watching Sabonis and doing your homework um, for any of these players in this league... You would understand what he's capable of as a big, as a playmaker, as a teammate. But then, on the other hand, if you are doing your homework and playing against someone like De'Aaron Fox, LeBron James mentioned his speed. Oh, he's one of the fastest guys in the league, you know, when he was picking him or drafting him to a squad. So that respect is there. But if you have that mad respect for more than just his speed and what he's been able to do within his speed— then he would have gone higher. Respect them. I agree. Yeah. Jaron Jackson Jr. was the last one, though. Like, the last reserve to pick. Oh, yes. Yes, he was. Which made sense. I think everyone was like, yeah, we kind of... Yeah. Should have been picked. Well, even well, because remember, even when Giannis accidentally picked Ja Morant, yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, I thought we were gonna pick the well, Grizzlies last. Also, that was just confusing. That was like another confusing thing from All Star Weekend. It's like, oh, we're picking the teams, but we we picked the starters last. It's like, no, just pick it. Who cares about the order? Yeah, just pick, and then the starters are the starters. You're just picking who's on the team. It doesn't have to be. Let's pick the reserves first, and then the starters. Yeah, Giannis was confused. Yeah, we were all confused at home but kind of laughing and all the guys were laughing at him behind the scenes. And then, uh, yeah, and the whole Jokic thing, just weird. All right, next up, Morgan Reagan. Um, Charles Barkley said Kareem is the GOAT of his era. MJ is the GOAT of his era. And LeBron is the GOAT of his era. He is right. You can't compare different eras. Um, I'm going to go with, I'll just go with truth. It is truth. Because. I, I'm glad oh, Barkley's saying that, Morgan. Please proceed. No, I'm just saying, like, you're saying I guess. No, it's so like uh, I, I don't know why in sports conversation forever we've had to be like no, MJ's the goat, LeBron's the goat. It's like no, like it's a different game, like different we, game. Are we really comparing that? That's why it's and that's why with this, 
Um, I think sometimes there's that little bit of overlap when you look at when these guys played, and that's what scares people. They're like, oh, but they played in somewhere of the same era. Think about the the giant chunk of era that they played in. That's when they were the GOAT. And it's okay to have several GOATs of different eras. It's just a different style of basketball game. Each year, this game evolves and becomes faster, becomes stronger. Um, guys are able to do so many different things that guys back in the day could never do, and that doesn't mean that they're better than them it just means that it's a different game and if you take what i think oh. is that the nba didn't start till 1980 yeah nba did not exist i agree until 1980 okay so bill russell doesn't count though. no Oof. that's what's tough that's what's hey, tough hey, will, hey. will it's it's a it's a it's a line right there so the nba started probably a little later than that because you have to go to after the once the games the nba finals games were carried live that's when you can count it. They yeah. would you they used to tape delay NBA finals games. Meaning they would record yes. and like they would play them later at night. So weird. So weird. <laughs> so crazy. But then again, you didn't have the resources yeah. like Twitter and everything to figure out the score. You know, you'd have to wait for the paper the next day. <laughs> you like that? Yes. Thank you. Last one, Mac McClung saved the dunk contest with his performance on Saturday night. I'll go with truth. I think save the dunk contest is a little dramatic, but I'll just say truth from the sense of everyone. It made everyone excited about the dunk contest, seeing what he brought, what he brought to the game. But yes, little short white dude did factor in. Also, like the dunk contest is hard. Like, can we can we also acknowledge like this is not easy? Yeah, it's like. We want everyone who dunks to make their first attempt. They're doing like these crazy things. And it's like, no, we want done on the first attempt. And if yeah. it's not, it loses everything. It's just a tough thing to do. It's- just get the best dunkers. Like Jericho Sims had some pretty nice dunks, but uh-huh. they don't pop on TV or in a dunk contest. Sure. It's what? Just go the just give me the best dunkers in the world. And let's have some fun. I love I honestly for the game, if we're celebrating the game That's what it is, right? Celebrate the game. Not, not just, just the NBA. The NBA. Yeah. Oh, God, I would love that. Even if there was, oh, my, yes, one million times, yes. I don't care if it's a Harlem Globetrotter. Ding, 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 And then he's, like, tossing the ball off his elbows and then, like, does some sick-ass dunk. You know what? I think you've got it. We just need a Harlem Globetrotters game for the What are we doing? What are we doing? Honestly, more entertaining because they actually complete some of those highlight plays. Oh, snap. All right, coming up next, we had the pilot episode last Thursday. We're bringing it back today. It's story time with Chris Verlon, baby. baby. It's coming up next on Town Sports. <laughs> it's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Oh, it is acceptable in life. If you go into an office in one minute, God, it's pleasant. I don't know what's pleasant. Seventy degrees, maybe. I don't know. In an office, yeah, yeah, we can go go with seventy. Sure, let's go sixty-eight. Okay, sixty-eight degrees, beautiful. Where one second it could be sixty-eight, and you're like, it's a little, a little brisk, but nice. Then turn into, hey, I'm kind of sweating right now. Like yep. 90. Like, I have to keep taking off my stupid zip light up. zip up yeah. because it gets that hot in here. Like, what What are we doing? When Pernille was here, I almost yeah. was, like, whispering to him, I'm so sorry. Are you He's okay? In a like, yeah. And what's crazy is the first time we worked in the, at this place, 
At the old building? Yeah. Same, same issue. Thing. Same issue. This is a different building. Actually, same issue. That was way worse over there sometimes. Uh, all Feels I know, the same. But, but for whatever reason, can't be fixed. Yeah, why can't it be no, fixed? No, well, why would you need it? To Don't be fixed? we have some sponsor that can like fix the air Apparently, or something? Apparently, this building and the old building, it was impossible to fix. I don't, you know, I don't, I really don't, and I'm not even asking for much, and I don't care for much, but truly, for everyone here, I mean, that should be one thing that could be a priority, right? People don't realize. Like I bring a sweatshirt every single day of the year. Yeah, see, because see. even when it's 106 outside, it's going to be weird. 50 here. I'll be yeah. wearing this in the summer, baby. Let's go. Well, hey, it's Juice Mason. It's Morgan Reagan, Chris Verlazzi, other voice you hear. And last uh, Thursday, we debuted a, a new segment called Story Time with Chris Verlazzi, baby. Um, it's a chance for Chris. To, he always brings up random stories. Sometimes we don't get to them. We figured let's have a segment dedicated to some of Chris's bizarre stories he comes up with. Yes. So let's bring on. Story time with Chris Verlot, baby! That's right, everybody. Story time with Chris Verlot, baby! Now, I sort of t- tease this out to you, Deuce. Oh. I know you're a big animal person. Animal? Animals. Yes. Okay. Ostrich, animal, right. same thing, yeah. I thought you said something different. <laughs> so, uh, would you like to start with an animal story or no? Yes. Please. Please, please bring it on. All right, this took place in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. From the BBC News. Okay. Hello. A four-foot alligator was spotted Saturday morning. No. In Brooklyn's Prospects Park. The staff contacted the park's authorities who captured the animal in the park's lake and was taken to the Bronx Zoo. Now, what would you do in this situation, Deuce? If I ran into an alligator? You're hanging out in New York City. Yeah, in Brooklyn. At, at the park. Okay. In a... Alligator pops up. Four foot alligator. By Four the way. foot alligator. I mean, I'm not really nervous about it. How close is it to me? Uh, you're walking around the lake, and it's in the lake. Oh, that's fine. I'll just Good. go away. I'll just Good. walk away. It's not a big deal. Those things are quick, dude. Stop. Quick. They're as fast as me. An ostrich goes 45 miles per hour. I looked <laughs> how that do up. You know that. Fast. I yeah, looked that up. You- I mean, if an alligator came into this room, completely different scenario. If an alligator was just in this 20 room. 20 miles per hour. You ain't running 20 miles per hour. Are you serious? There's no way an alligator goes, maybe swims. It says, oh, maximum in the water. <laughs> I was going to say, what kind of alligator? Have they morphed into it? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Okay, wait. Um, wait, on, can go on land. Hold I, on. I can, Hold, this I, is important. Morgan, it's an alligator. They can't move that fast on land. Get out. Oh, wait. It says alligators can reach speeds of up to 35 miles per hour <laughs> on land. No, they, are they falling from something? Yeah, they no. are known to tire quickly, though. In the water, an alligator can reach up to speed to 20 miles per hour. So 35 miles per hour, you dead. No, I'm not. If he's coming out of a lake, there's a slope. Which he's going 35 yeah, okay, miles per okay. hour. No, an alligator goes 35 miles per hour. No, got, no, no. It's not happening. It's not happening. on Google. <laughs> Okay, so what? Anyways, the the alligator, nicknamed Godzilla, fortunately it was in poor condition, described as very lethargic and possibly cold shock. But Godzilla is currently being evaluated in the city of New York's, uh, in the city of New York's Bronx Zoo, and they just want to let people know it is illegal to keep alligators as pets. Oh, 
and also illegal for releasing animals into oh New York City parks. Did, did someone have it and then just release it? That's 100%. How weird is that? <laughs> That's so... It didn't swim up here. Gross yeah. and sad. That is so sad. God. Well, it's still alive though, right? For now. Yes. At the, yeah. at the Bronx Zoo. Can you keep us posted on this uh, alligator yeah. life? I'll Thank you. Up. Yeah, make a call. Let's call the Bronx <laughs> he Zoo. He said, see you later, alligator. <laughs> Rising Star, Texas. <laughs> this came, comes from KTAB, KRBC. Back in January, yeah. a third, uh, third grader at Rising Star Elementary School found a gun in oh, the school no. bathroom. I already don't like this. The student immediately told a teacher without moving or touching the weapon. Okay about it and that, that it was handled superintendent robbie stutterville praised the child saying this is one of those examples of guns in schools regardless of who takes responsibility they're considerable they're a considerable danger and one should school their children how to be around with weapons or see them in in different areas you should be aware of that now you're wondering why he's just like hey regardless of like what? how the gun was there yeah. that's probably because Superintendent Robbie Sutterville was the one that left the gun in of the course. bathroom. Of course. He's like, hey, Scott, he knows how to be around them. Let's see how the children react if I leave a gun in the bathroom I'm stall. I'm right in the bathroom. Sutterville says he took the gun off and placed it in the stall where it was left unattended for around 15 minutes until the student found it and told the teacher. Sutterville also said, hey, guys, there was never a danger other than the obvious. That's a direct quote. Oh, my God. The Rising Star Police Chief Don Broly says there's an active investigation that began last Wednesday when his office was notified of the incident. The student, the superintendent now says he is no longer bringing the weapon to school. Oh, Fire but, uh, the loser! <laughs> oh, you say hey, he's no longer bringing it to school. He learned his lesson. Oh, Oh, my bad, oh. my bad. I, I shouldn't have left it there. I shouldn't have brought it to school. My bad. I won't bring it to school anymore. And I left it in a bathroom stall where children yeah. could get... But, but hey, hey, the child did the right... He did the right thing. There was never a danger. Yeah. Except for the obvious. Wow. I am so confused why there are so many idiots in this world. <laughs> I wish that alligator ate that man. Wish that happened. Ran after him. 35 miles per hour. Okay, so... Let's end with a... Positive. Mm. Oh, <laughs> God. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Probably not. This takes place in Las Vegas, Nevada. K-O-A-S-T-V. Family of David. Now, I've been having trouble with this name. I believe it's uh, Jagalinzer. Jagalinzer. Sounds right. David yeah, Jagalinzer of Florida. Did, of course, the famous Jagalinzer family. The yeah. family of yeah. David Jagalinzer of Florida is suing the Wynn Las Vegas Casino after he suffered a cardiac arrest on their property on April 6, 2022. According to Christian Morris trial attorneys, while Jagenlizer, Jagenlizer, I hate this name, was playing blackjack, his hand convulsed and he fell onto the table with his head down. But instead of calling for paramedics, the dealer continued to deal cars, cards to another player at the table. Yes. According to the lawsuit, he stayed in that position for 20 minutes and it wasn't until a new dealer arrived and made the remark of that he exhibited discoloration to his skin and appeared not to be breathing. Oh, my God. At this time, employees tried to render aid with the defibrillator, but they were not trained on how to use the machine. 26 minutes after he first collapsed, paramedics arrived and were able to revive him. 
Unfortunately, he suffered from a lack of brain of oxygen to the brain, and he died on October 18th. Oh my god! So who's suing if he's dead? His family. His family. Oh. That's what she. He just said. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I wasn't <laughs> sure if it was still him. Um. Okay. Well, I guess they have every right to sue, and I'm usually not on the side of random people just trying to sue a really rich uh, casino, but. Yeah, that sounds pretty bad. Listen, I like I like Vegas. I've been there for a while, but I love Hate Vegas. It. Like playing blackjack. Okay. <laughs> if someone were to convulse and then fall face down on the table, like even if it's just like, oh, this drunk idiot, whatever. Yeah. I'm just like, dude, like, when you move him, we need to get this person <laughs> some sort hey, of. Hey, we help. got no. We got to complete the hand. All right, there's people here. We got twenty and, minutes. I will. Senior in form makes a great point. What? When's the last time you saw a clock inside a casino? You don't know how much time's gone by. Great so that's point. something you got to consider when you look at these stories. So. Wait, and the blackjack table is the one. It's a flat one, right? Like the. It's not. It doesn't have like the. the that's a. What? I don't do craps. gamble. Okay, craps. So it's flat. So the guy, if he's laying there, he's probably in the way of the game. Yes. Okay. Like just me thinking about that, that you're there. His arm and face are on the table. You're taking up half the table. I just don't. People... I am so disappointed in humanity. Yeah. And I can't believe it's these stories that are disappointing me. Like there's a whole bunch of other crap there. Well, that's story time with Chris Verlaude. Aren't you so glad you gave me this one? I'm so glad every time. Episode two got a little dark today. We got a little dark today. There's only been two deaths in the two times that I've done this. And I do. And there was was a uh, story about an elderly woman that was attacked by an alligator and killed, but I did not want any part of it. I'm glad we left that one off. I'm glad we left that off. I would never bring that up on the show. (laughs) All right, coming up next, we got closing time. It's Juice and Mo on Sacktown Sports. and Mo on your local sports leader. Set Town Sports. Hey, Kettles and Rami coming up at 2 p.m. here on Sacktown Sports. Hey, Live and local, Monday through Friday from 6A to 6P, of course, always streaming live at youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Also, got to give some love. Frankie and Chris were at All-Star Weekend in Salt Lake City. If you go to SacktownSports.com, you could uh, read... Frankie's latest piece. And they also did a podcast over the weekend just talking about some of the stuff that went down. I know that was a lot of fun for them to go and cover. Also, we have four possible free agent destinations for Derek Carr. Ooh. You can read that from Emil Fragosa at SacktownSports.com. I can't. Oh, did you see that uh, Chris made a real TikTok? I did. I did. I didn't watch it yet. I did. Well, uh, no, a real R E E L slash TikTok. Um, a real TikTok. And I was just so, I mean, one, so proud because it was so great, again, on all of Sacktown Sports' uh, social media. But he did it, and he got it done quick, and it was good. I love seeing the behind the scenes. They look like they had a great time. Yeah. they. I mean, they had a ton of stuff on Sacktown Sports' website, social media. It was pretty epic. I mean, it would have been still fun to go to. It was... There are moments of All-Star Weekend that look cool. Like, yeah, I, I think I would have liked to go. I want to go next time. Sure. Probably not next year. NBA also has to do something different. Like, why is it that we go to every... It's February. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's All-Star break. All of our NBA players, let's all go to the really cold spots. Right. Cleveland last year. Salt Lake City this year. No one wants to go. Let's go to Indiana next year. No one wants no. to go. 
L.A., Vegas, yep. New Orleans, uh, Vegas. Did I already say that? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Did, I'm going to say it let's again. Let's do it again. Well, if Sac- you, if you remember, it, Vegas wasn't that. Uh, there were a lot of extra. That was a long time ago. And like they, they, they have a WNBA team. They have football. T- like put it in Vegas. Yeah. I mean, and also the whole notion that Sacramento can't get a game because of hotel rooms when Namias Keda is, you know, spending his time in Park City, Utah, dude. You can have an all-star game here. People were staying on the outskirts of Salt Lake City Boom. and coming to town. Why can't you do that in Sacramento if it's because in Roseville? Or- theirs is Park City, and then they would have someone from the NBA staying at in Carmichael. Oh, apparently you haven't been to the Fountains in Roseville. Ugh, huh. Gross. <laughs> I haven't been there in a long time. No. Oh, I haven't been there in a long time. I, I don't remember the last time I was in Roseville. But either way, you guys, it doesn't matter. Like there, there's an there's enough places to stay. Truly, like if you go around that's true. Sacramento the- and the outskirts of Sacramento, there's enough places to stay, and there's more to do at night than there is in Utah. I would just say, though, not much more. It's not okay. crazy. <laughs> Where are we going to go? Um, hey, let's go to Coin Op. Hey, okay. Where's the plate? What's the, let's go to Dive Bar. Is that place still open? I'm such a, I'm like, I'm more like, yeah, let me go get like a sweet little glass of wine. No. Uh, Rochambeau. I do think they should just make it bigger. <laughs> like the year they had it, didn't they do it at Cowboy Stadium? The All-Star Game? That What, what year was that when they did it at Cow- Did they? I don't remember that. Deuce is just making it up now at this point, but. I mean, we talked about doing it at a stadium, so if they have done it before. 2010. It was at uh, Cowboy Stadium. Huh. And d- how did it go? 108,000 people. It Did it go well, like from your memory? It was 141, 139 East. It was a close game. Is, did this really happen, or is this like, I, I don't, have no knowledge of that at all. At all. Because if it happened and we've been- Shakira performed at halftime. What? That, <laughs> don't remember any of this. Huh. Probably wasn't that good. I'm just saying, like, make it bigger. It shouldn't be... We shouldn't be... Tra- hey, NBA players, are you excited? All-Star Weekend. We're going to Indianapolis. What? Like, make Even it exciting for Miami. them. Maybe they're inspired. Miami, yeah. whatever. Yeah. No, I'm I'm, I'm hey, with you on that. Let's make this global. Let's go to London. Let's no. go to London, huh? No. Well, let's not go to London because that's just too much work, right? I think we need to get to closing time. Closing time. It's closing time. But before we go, you know we have to give you a last call. Morgan Reagan, no NBA games until Thursday. Oh. How do we spend our evenings without NBA basketball? What are you going to be up to? I I didn't realize this. I don't know. And I'm scared for myself. Yeah. yeah, no basketball. Honestly, you know what I'll do? Um, I'll probably catch up on a few things, and it won't be shows, but it'll be like oh, emails. No, it'll be oh. like things I just haven't been able to focus on. Like, I don't know, myself. And so, like, I'll get a hair appointment. Ooh. I will. Oh, is that? Are you yawning? I said, ooh. Oh, I thought he was like, oh. <laughs> what are you going to do? I don't know. Really? I don't know. It's the last time that we're going to have any time for a while. Play, spend some time outside in the sun, soak That's up some nice. rays. Yeah, I get like a workout in after the show. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. But yeah, as far as tonight, it sucks with no NBA. It does, and I get why we don't have it. But how about they should have had the teams that like had no reps there. Like you got to play tonight. Sorry. Yeah. Why don't they do that? Um, also, Kelly Iko, who covers the Rockets, he says there's a seventy percent chance of a Harden Rockets reunion. 
70? Yeah, Where is 70%. he getting this percentage? Well, he covers the team. I don't know. 70%. Does that sound like a good idea to you? No, no. It, it totally screws up everything you're trying to create in Houston. You're trying to create this, this young, fast-paced identity, and then you bring back this guy who already had his time here and, for one, would be with the ball a lot. High usage player, yeah, yeah. right? So why, how are you going to do, keep developing your young guys that are also high usage players? Yeah, and you need them to understand like the work it takes to be a leader right. and trying to establish a winning culture. I don't know that you do that with James Harden. Uh, Charles Barkley told Draymond Green that the Warriors are cooked in the <laughs> West. Do you still view the defending champs as a legit threat? Uh, not as a legit threat, but I think saying that they're cooked is a little... Dramatic. It's just hard to say that. Well, that's the thing. I think that's what they view it. Like, the the Warriors' goal is not to, like, get into the playoffs. Like, they're trying to win a championship. They're trying to repeat. True. And GP2 isn't going to move the needle, especially when he's not even playing. He can't play. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're cooked this year. I think we're seeing the end. Aww. Are you you ready for the end? It's this version of the Warriors is ending. And it's not, it's a little murky going forward. I mean, you you do have Steph, and he's going to age well, I think. But beyond that, is Jordan Poole going to take another step? Do you trust any of their young guys? Yeah. It's, it's rough. So you know what that means, Warrior fans. What? Come aboard. Get on, get on board the train. Right. 90 minutes away, buddies. Well, you stay aboard the Sacktown Sports Train. Coming oh. up next, you got Cattles and Rami. We love you guys, but we gots to go. See ya!